When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Boy. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. We do begin with the breaking news. Federal prosecutors in a new court filing revealing they plan to indict the president's son, Hunter Biden. They plan to file felony charges involving the illegal purchase of a gun by the end of this month. The gun charge had been part of a plea deal that Hunter Biden thought he had secured, but that deal fell apart in July. The new filing brought by U.S. Attorney David Weiss, recently named special counsel by Attorney General Merrick Garland, has been investigating Hunter Biden for five years. If you have to go to trial, will you testify in your own defense? Oh, yes, absolutely. You'll take the stand. That I I look forward to, because that's just like Russia, Russia, Russia. That's all the fake information from Russia, Russia, Russia. Stunning video of a woman getting beaten by her own cane, and now that suspect is finally in police custody. It's been a long five days for Lashana Reese's mom, Laurel Reynolds. The 60-year-old Bronx woman is still recovering at Harlem Hospital. After a brutal attack, police officers refused to arrest Blake on the day he was questioned. Blake and Reynolds were reportedly questioned by cops immediately after the attack, but Blake was apparently let go. And the two cops go over to the monster, they get his side of the story. The woman's laying on her back, she can barely talk. They say to her, guess what, he wants to press charges against you. If you press charges against him, we gotta lock you both up. Those two cops should be fired! Mayor Adams more passionate than we've seen about the asylum seeker crisis. As more buses arrived at Port Authority, the mayor says the city is severely impacted by the influx of migrants. Speaking at a town hall meeting on the Upper West Side, the mayor said that he doesn't see an end to this problem as the city is not getting enough support from the federal government. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Is there equivalent with Mahomes? Is there a make him go left strategy that, that you want to enforce to, I, I guess, weaken what you can do? Make him go backwards. <laughs> he is a uh, highly competitive, highly instinctive, aware player. and He is the engine in this offense. Everything runs through him. He makes it go. Man, when you're all on the same page like they are and they have communication without saying a word, you know, that's it's tough. We're focused in on the guys that are here playing the Lions and getting ready to play the Lions. And that's, that's where I'm at. If you're not there, you're not there. Fortunately, that's the name of the game, you know. So you can't spend time together to exhaust your time on the team that you're playing. Bruce Springsteen has postponed some concerts to seek treatment for a stomach ulcer. The rocker announced that his doctors advised him to reschedule all September concert dates. Just last week, Springsteen and the E Street Band performed three stadiums at MetLife. Springsteen said that the band is heartbroken to postpone these shows. They're looking forward to do more great times together.
One of the Bruce Springsteen classics. The very end of the Open that once again, Justin Ellick did a terrific job on, as he does every weekday morning. Has Bruce Springsteen considering canceling all of his September shows? I know he just performed here in Jersey, his hometown, I believe last Friday and Sunday, but he's got, I guess, a peptic ulcer, and it's causing him all kinds of medical issues. And now Bruce is considering canceling all of September. And look, you know, you, you look at Bruce and, you know, I know the Rolling Stones have a new album out. I did see um, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Ron Wood. Of course, Charlie Watts passed away, but I saw Jagger, Richards, and Wood with Jimmy Fallon. And I did hear some of that new song. We'll play it today. Mick Jagger's 80 years old. He's 80. and He's still dancing and creating music. But these guys are getting old. You know, Bruce is in his 70s, almost mid-70s, and you know, guys get sick, and, and, you know, Bruce Springsteen is a guy that he'll he'll go out there and, and perform for five hours. I remember that Born in the USA tour. I know it was 1985, but you're talking about uh, almost 40 years ago. But I remember getting to Giant Stadium. It was called back then. Now it's MetLife. Giant Stadium at 6 o'clock at night. Bruce comes out about 7.30, and 1 a.m. he's still singing Jersey Girl. I mean, the guy never gets off the stage. He's a He was just electric and still is. So when you hear Bruce isn't feeling well and Bruce is canceling concerts, it's a little depressing. 74. 74, yeah. And Van Zant is in his 70s. And uh, Nils is in his 70s. And Mighty Max Weinberg is in his 70s. And Danny's gone. I don't know how old his, uh, his wife is. How old is his wife, Patty Schialfa? Let me find out. I think she's uh, close to 72, I believe. Not 72, I mean 70 also. I should... 70. 70, there you go. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> I didn't know, that's, I didn't yeah. know that. So they're all getting old, but uh, we hope Bruce is going to be okay. Bruce is a big theme on today's show because Bruce Morrow, known to most of you as Cousin Brucey, we're going to honor Brucey later on tonight. Uh, uh, it turns out that Mark Simone was right that uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis, who I love dearly, saw them both yesterday. Turns out they do put these really extravagant birthday parties on every year, upwards of 25 years. And, of course, the last couple of years, it's kind of coincided with major events at this station. Last year we celebrated 100 years of WABC at Cipriani's, and we do it again tonight. It's now 102 years. We're also honoring Cousin Brucey. We're going to join us at 9.30 this morning right after Phil Sims. So it's um, it's a big night for us. Everybody gets all dialed up, and it's fun. About 600 people are going to be there tonight uh, if you're the who's who of New York. Now, I know there's two other major dinners going on. My dear friend Danny A., who made Inside Man, he was in studio yesterday. He's got a big fundraiser, cancer, which took the life of one of his producer's sisters and his own brother. They've got a big fundraiser tonight. And, of course, the big, big fundraiser is out in Bedminster, New Jersey, where my guy, President Trump, will be holding a fundraiser for Rudy Giuliani. And uh, I'll tell you, Andrew Giuliani is usually on this show on Fridays. But it turns out that yesterday, all these news outlets, CNN, CBS, um, MSNBC, Fox, they all reached out to Andrew to talk about tonight's fundraiser that Trump is doing for his dad. How do I know that? Because Andrew sent me yesterday a screenshot 
of all of these networks reaching out to him. And here's why I love Andrew Giuliani. When asked for a comment about tonight's big fundraiser, he said, and I quote, the only comments I'll make will be on tomorrow, this is yesterday, will be on tomorrow's Sid Rosenberg show coming up at 8.10 on WABC. And all the responses were, great, thank you, we'll tune in. So because of Andrew, I'm not sure CNN and MSNBC, these folks listen every day. They may anyway. Everybody does. But I know for a fact they're listening this morning because this is the only place that Andrew will talk about his father's big fundraiser coming up tonight. How cool is that, uh, Noam Layden, that Andrew's response was, listen to me with Sid tomorrow. That's all I've got for you. Very cool, but I'm not surprised at all by it. What do you mean? Why not? Because he's loyal. Andrew's very dedicated and loyal, yeah. Yeah, he is. And he could have easily said, well, but he said, no, make sure you listen to Sid. One of the people said, why would you do that? Why would you give somebody else the pub? And he said, you don't get it. Sid is the man. So, well, good job, Andrew. He'll join us coming up at 810 this morning. But our party is going to be huge tonight. John Katzmatidis, cousin Brucey, we're going to be fun. Is uh, the kid going to sing tonight, uh, Vinny Madunio? I like him. Oh, that's a good question. Don't, don't know. know. Well, last year I think he sang the national anthem, I think. I don't even remember now, but I think he did. He's pretty good, too. Yeah, he was good. He's, he's a good singer. Yes. He's got talent, that kid. I like Vinny. Well, I don't even know what the rest of the, of the night has. I believe at some point that I'll be up on stage speaking on behalf of my late great friend and partner, Bernard McGurk. I know Carol McGurk. Bernie's wife is going to be in attendance tonight. And also uh, Carol and Bernie's son, Brendan, and his wife. They just had a baby a couple of months ago, Colin McGurk. They'll be in attendance. And uh, Bernie's beautiful daughter, Melanie, she'll be in attendance. In fact, you're, she, they're sitting with you, Lewis. I can't wait. Yeah. Cool. So I think at some point I'll be on stage with Chad saying something about Bernard, which I did last year, too. He was still alive at this point last year. But otherwise, I have no idea what uh, what's on the docket tonight. But it'll be fun. It's a beautiful party. The place is gorgeous. The food is great. And it's all of us. How bad can it be? Can't be bad. Although it's funny. If, if you think back to last year, the first person I saw, because last year my book had just come out, Citizens United. And John Katsimatidis, my guy, bought about 500 books. So he had this big table when you entered the party last year. <laughs> and it was all my books. And it was kind of cool. And I remember Jill Vitale running over. I'm not sure she's coming tonight. She was there last year. But uh, my girl, Flirty Flipper, running over and saying, hey, sign my book. And then I saw Frankie Diaz, who got fired like a week after that. (laughs) And then I think I saw Deb, and she got fired. It's kind of like watching my wedding video. I got married in 1992. And if I count how many people have died since then, it's like 50, including my own father. Like, almost everybody in my wedding video is dead. Cousins, aunts, I swear to God, grandparents. Am I right, Noam? They're all dead. They are. Or, you know, my nephew came to me when he was trying to narrow down his list for his wedding. He's like, I don't know what friends to invite. I'm like, don't worry. You won't be friends with them 20 yeah, years from it's now. it's not going to matter. You're exactly yeah. right. You'll never see You're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, my high school friends are at my wedding. I speak to one of them. But a lot of my family are dead. And if I go back to last year's party here, a lot of those people aren't dead, but they've been fired. <laughs> Great. I mean, I remember Jacqueline Carr when I walked in talking to Lou. Oh, he's great. She yeah. gone. She looked amazing. She gone. She's gone. Yeah, she's right. a pretty girl. <laughs> yes. So don't come near me. Tonight. Right. That's what, I, <laughs> yeah. that's what that means. Let me tell you something, bitch. I'll be at next year's event. I'll be at the next 30. 
if uh, God is good to us. Because I ain't going anywhere. Because I run this city. I made that very clear yesterday. I've gotten to that point I can say stupid stuff like that. I run this city. It goes through me. Anything that happens. News, sports, entertainment. If it happens in New York, it goes through me. And if it doesn't, was that a tree? Did you hear that? What? That was a tree that just fell on the forest that nobody heard. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. Very good, Lewis. So, so you got Bruce. He's canceling all of his shows. In the open, we played Donald Trump. He was on with Hugh Hewitt. He likes that guy for some reason. I'm not a big fan, but Donald likes him. And uh, he talked about possibly appearing on the stand, being his own witness. And, of course, he talked about the feds now looking to uh, indict Hunter Biden on the gun charge. In fact, what is the latest with that, Noam? The gun charge? Well, we're going to we'll find out. We'll get more uh, reveal from prosecutors both sides. Uh, they've been given a little more time to show what's what they have. So uh, truthfully, you don't know all the details. But uh, if this is going to be a bigger thing than initially we thought it was, right? Well, he thought that he was going to be okay because in the plea deal, which he thought he was getting, the gun charge, the taxes, it was basically a slap on the wrist. But But the gun charge... Seems to be more serious. I mean, in one hand, on one hand, I see something on the screen that says Merrick Garland and Mayorkas ran cover for Hunter Biden. And on the next screen, it says, yes, but the feds are going after him. So which one is it? Yeah, so it'll be the gun charges in the end. And they have till I think it's the end of the month, September 29th. Uh, to come up with these plans to indict Biden on these gun charges. But it doesn't look like it'll be anything bigger than that. Right. Then you heard, of course, that story of that woman who got beat with her own cane on the subway. <laughs> you know, listen, she's still a sympathetic figure. She's a woman. She got beat up. But I believe she's got a longer rap sheet than the guy that beat her up. <laughs> to show you just how bad New York has become, that a victim of a crime is actually a criminal. <laughs> yeah. but, but Curtis Sliwa has been all over that story. Mayor Eric Adams, he had a town hall yesterday, and he spoke about the migrant crisis, the illegals. You ready for this? Being the end of New York. Yes. The migrant crisis will destroy New York City. I got news for you, Eric. You are a thousand percent right. You are right on the ball, Mayor Eric Adams. It is going to destroy New York City. And guess who was there to welcome it at the very beginning? You. Here's Eric Adams, cut number 12. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. No kidding. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through yes. the southern part of the border right. and come into New York City. I wonder why. I wonder why. He's got to be kidding. I, want, I mean, is he a moron? He's is he kidding. a moron? He's of course, they made up their mind. You said, come, <laughs> come, said, come on, baby. What? I think this is, he's mentally unstable. He's got to be crazy. Yeah. Because he can't be. He's not stupid. I, I know Eric too well. He's not a stupid man. He can't go back and forth like that. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're going to come here. Well, you told them to come here, <laughs> jackass. God, I mean, I don't care how much you like him. I'm sorry, Todd. I know you're listening to Albany right now. But he sounds like a complete jackass. <laughs> come on in. Come no, on this in. Is gonna kill no, don't us. come. It's no, going to kill us. No, get him on the bus. Get him off the bus. Bring him in here. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, you heard in the open, Dan Campbell. He happens to be the coach of the Detroit Lions. What a pretty good year last year. They came in second place inside their division. They went nine and eight, an upstart year for the Lions. And then you heard from Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid because 
the uh, tight end for the Chiefs, a certain Hall of Famer, one of the best players in the National Football League, Travis Kelsey, hurt himself in practice two days ago. There was fear that he tore his ACL. As it turns out, it looks like the ACL is intact, but he ain't playing tonight. How do I know that? Well, the Chiefs started the week as six-and-a-half-point favorites, and as of this morning, they are four-point favorites. So you cannot minimize what that connection of quarterback Patrick Mahomes to tight end Travis Kelsey means for Kansas City when in most sports books the line went down two to two-and-a-half points before tonight's game. But it is, in fact, the kickoff later on tonight in Kansas City. The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the upstart Detroit Lions game one of the 2023 NFL season. Let's do this. Here we go. The football giants back home on Sunday night. I'm going to be there. The giants right now, two and a half point underdogs hosting Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys season two for day ball. Let's go giants. The Jets, the New York Jets with their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer, taking on division rival Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The very next night, same stadium in New Jersey, but now a two point underdog. Yes. Both New York teams, the Jets and the Giants, home underdogs coming up in week one. It is the 2023 NFL season. And who's going to join us on this show later on this morning? None other than the Super Bowl winning quarterback of your New York football Giants. And now a star on CBS's NFL Today, the great number 11, Phil Sims. All that coming up. On the best talk show in New York, folks, you know it, maybe around the country. Sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the football giants, NFL. Let's go. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, you're my best friend. Boy, this 
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Gabriel, first day of high school yesterday. I know most kids are starting high school this morning, so if you're in the car right now, mom and dad, and boy or girl, on your way to high school, I wish you a, uh, a good luck. But Gabriel started yesterday, and I picked up, he was singing this song. No, come on. Well, that's why we're playing it. And I texted you, I go, he goes, yeah, I don't know, I was, I had my music on, and this one came on, and I like that, so I go, son, this is like, he may have been John Cougar at this yeah, point, yeah, not even he, Mellencamp. Yeah, he was. He was, right? Yeah, he was. It's like almost his first album, I think. It reminded me Maybe. how much I like the song, John Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't even done with the night. So that one is courtesy of my son, Gabriel Rosenberg, uh, who has uh, day number two of high school. He's up now. That's why he'll be running a corporation. Yeah, he will be. There's no doubt, to, right? He'll just be sitting there like, you know, with four <laughs> computers in front of him and his phone with all kinds of numbers. He's the man. Oh, uh, listen to Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> He's all excited, too, because... Of course, he had that basketball experience this summer playing in that St. Francis Basketball League out in my neighborhood, and it was amazing. The coach, Brian Mullen, Mullen, I should say, and Brian's dad, Flip, and Gabe had a real team experience, and now he's all pumped up to try out for the junior varsity basketball team in high school. So he's got all that going on, my son, Gaby. And as for Ava, who was on this show yesterday, and she was terrific, she's going to be home for about uh, 12 more days for heading back to Europe for year two of her university studies. So just now on Fox and Friends, my friend Brian Kilmeade and Steve Dushi and Ainsley, they had former Redskin Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Theismann on because Fox, of course, spends a ton of money, a ton of money on the National Football League. You know, people uh, ask me, well, why is Kilmeade talk sports on Fox and Friends? Those are the same people that complain when I talk sports. And I made it very, very clear from the day that I arrived seven years ago, I'm going to talk sports, and during the NFL season, a lot of sports. You don't like it? Put on Lennon Michael. I couldn't care less. I'm going to talk sports because most guys and girls that listen to this show care about politics and love sports, especially the NFL. So I'm going to talk it. But Fox, 
they go really out of control. I mean, they've got the USFL on Fox. So you'll have Brian Kilmeade talking USFL on Fox and Friends after we assassinate a leader of Al-Qaeda in Iran. Nothing like this. This is the NFL. So Theismann was on. He's terrific. He's a very good friend of mine. He was out with me and Bernie quite a bit. He's a he's actually a big conservative guy. And he owns restaurants in D.C., Virginia. And he really got screwed by Obamacare. And he would come on all the time and say nice things about Trump. I haven't talked to Joe in quite some time. And we go to Phil Sims. Sims, of course, local giant player. And in all fairness, as big as a star as Joe Theismann was, Again, going to consecutive Super Bowls as a quarterback for the Redskins, beating Miami, then losing to Marcus Allen and the Raiders. He was on, of course, ESPN all those years. Phil is a star right now on Inside the NFL with Boomer Esiason and Bill Cower and all those guys. So we'll do Phil coming up at 9.30. And it looks like with the Jets, 9.10, excuse me, with the Jets starting their season Monday night. And Monday is going to be a very emotional show here. We've got all the players from 22 years ago, commemorating 9-11, Rudy Giuliani, Bernie Carrick, Governor Pataki, they're all going to stop by. Norman Seabrook. Monday is going to be a very emotional show, but I'm going to find time to talk Jets and Bills, and hopefully Joe Namath will stop by as well. So football is here. Once again, at last look, the Chiefs are a four-point favorite hosting the Lions in Kansas City later on tonight. And we did play in the open Andy Reid talking about Travis Kelsey, and he said, look, the guys that are here, they're going to play. I can't talk about the guys that are not here because they're not going to play tonight. So let's talk about the guys that are here and get ready for a big football game coming up later on tonight. You excited, Justin? I know you are a big Eagles fan. The Eagles right now, a four-point favorite Sunday in New England against the Patriots. You pumped up for football? You know it. I'm going to the home opener next Thursday night at Lincoln Financial. Oh, that's right. And you're taking Friday off, yeah. which I should suspend you for. <laughs> Because, again, for the hundredth time, I'm going to the Giant game on Sunday night, and guess who's coming to work early on Monday morning on 9-11? Me, the big star. Yeah. So what is your excuse? I'm staying in D.C. for the weekend for Rosh Hashanah. All right, that's a decent excuse, actually. (laughs) It's true. It is the next night. You got me there. (laughs) Shut me down. Whoa, hey now. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like, like, you know, these new Jews today, they don't care, you know. They're banging. They got six of girlfriends. They don't care about shul. So when I hear when I hear when when it's convenient, when it's convenient. Yeah, I mean, well, I know you do that, too. You've had some six of Russian girlfriend for years. But to hear a young Jewish person actually place importance on the high holy days makes me makes my heart warm. So, right. so that was the only way you could have gotten away with this. And it makes me a winner in this instance. Right now, you're a winner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. He's always going to be hungover. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, Rosh Hashanah. He can care less. <laughs> be, I'll make sure you guys are all set here. I'm yeah. talking, what do you mean? I'm still in the country. I'm still. I'm still sure. alive. Oh, that's great. He's going to be uh, blowing lines like Hunter <laughs> Biden <laughs> in hotel room <laughs> while I'm in shul. Staggering around. They won't even know what month it is. Well, you see, but that's what the Jews do. They're really. I mean, not like Hesh Jorgenbaum. He's a real Jew, Adolf Hiken. But Jews like uh, me and Justin. We just use the holidays as an excuse. Right. Yeah. You know, like I'm taking off Yom Kippur. Am I going to fast? Probably, because my dad, God rest his soul, always did. He would want that. But it's not like I'm going to be sitting in shul for 10 hours. I mean, no. I go for an hour. I go during Yisker, because that is the mourner service. And I say prayers for my dad and uh, for Danielle's family, too. So I do go. Uh, when I say I go, I used to go when I lived on the Upper West Side, 
Uh, you know that guy Zev Brenner? He does a radio show on some Fakakta station in town. No, you know who Zev Brenner is, right? Yeah, he's been around for a while. Long time. He'd probably be there tonight. He's uh, like a rabbi. He's, uh, he's, a, he's an important guy in the Jewish community. And he invited me to some um, some shul. I think it was a Chabad on the Upper West Side. And it was like four blocks from my old overpriced apartment. So I'd walk there and, and go to those services. I haven't joined a shul in Bell Harbor. So I don't know about this year. But I, choo- I do try to go to Yisco at least every year. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I don't um, I do not do as much as I used to. And, and, and maybe one day I'll get back to it. But right now, I just I just can't do it. Well, for no. a lot of those high holidays, you don't need to join a new shul. You can just hop on into really any of them. Well, but I have to go to, oh, you can just walk in? Yeah, for sure. On those big days, yes, for sure. I don't know about that. You don't sure? you need a ticket? I think you need a ticket. I don't know about that. In the city? Yeah. I don't, I don't live in the that. city. I live well, okay, in, in, Rock, but, in Rockaway. But even in Rockaway, I would think that there's got to be a couple of shuls out there that would. That well, would well why don't you do me in. a favor? Uh, and I told you this before. I mean, Gary Delabate would, would take Howard's clothes to the cleaner. <laughs> He'd rotate his tires. So now you want me to find you a synagogue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> find me a synagogue and get him Harbor. tickets. Yeah. I got to get you a synagogue <laughs> yeah. tickets. What kind of producer are you? <laughs> okay. All right. You gotta get, you gotta get tickets? I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, yes, I would take my family for one day. Yeah. Okay. I would. Right. I want my kids to have some Yiddish kite. I do. It's important. I mean, you know, it, all kidding aside, it's, it is important. It sure. is. So. I mean, we're not something. we're not kosher. We don't we're not, we don't keep Shabbos. We don't go to shul. And I don't say that proudly. We just don't do it. That's a fact. But I do want my children to have some Yiddish kite and remember where they came from. I mean, I must have spent in my lifetime. This is where I get. This is the real motivation. When they were babies and we lived in Boca, both Ava and Gabe went to the JCC. And they had Hebrew studies throughout the day. And I must have spent, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And I don't want that money to go to waste. <laughs> That's the real motivation here. I see know? some tickets on StubHub. To, oh, uh, you're, uh, you're, yeah. you're kidding. Like the Giants and the Cowboys. <laughs> you're actually kidding. Lincoln no, Synagogue, yeah. Yeah. So do they have like a seating chart like they do. Day where they can yeah, seat yeah, you? Yeah, you can pick your seat. Uh, no, you're kidding. No, no I, he's being serious. My, home, my hometown <laughs> synagogue in Chappaqua used to use So give me, give, give me an example of one of the StubHub tickets in a sure by me. I'm kidding. There's really nothing else. <laughs> oh, there's like, nothing okay. He's staring at me, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could find it. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't can't. be surprised if you could find it. I would believe it. I believe it, too. I believe it. I think they're out there. I really do. All right. So we've got a huge guest list coming up today. Bill White will go back uh, to Georgia again. He was on last week, the same day President Trump was on. He's very close with Trump. He's got news on the case in Georgia, which includes, you ready for this? Soft porn. I swear to God. Uh, you don't need a ticket for that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Bill White, and, and, and by the way, I believe it's gay soft porn. Uh, I, you can have my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I got two here, two here, two here. Bill White coming up at 645. <laughs> Curtis Sliwa coming up at 705. Judge Andrew Napolitano, he'll be here at 740. Andrew Giuliani, two Andrews in a row, coming up at 810. The great one, Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840. Former Giants Super Bowl quarterback on day one of the new NFL season. Phil Sims coming up at 910. And the man tonight, the man we're honoring along with John Katsimatidis' cousin, Brucey, Bruce Morrow, coming up at 9.30. We'll talk to Joe Nolan for the first time this morning coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Minicast Clip of the Day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show.
Here, Rita's talking about the migrant crisis. Boy, if there is ever a point to be able to say that this president has been derelict in his duty to protect the homeland, this is it. How could you not say that keeping an open border, inviting everybody in, saying, come on in, we're not going to vet you, we're not going to check you also, especially students, those kids are not vaccinated, nor are the adults. For some reason, they get a pass by administration officials, whether it's on a federal level or whether it's on a New York level. And for all of those reasons, this is such a chaotic time in this country, and there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Yanks, they keep winning in the Bronx here, securing their fifth straight victory last night over the Detroit Tigers by a score of 4-3 to three in the second game of a three-game set tied at one in the third. The baby bomber Jason Dominguez continued to impress with his first Yankee Stadium dinger to put the Yanks ahead. New York would hold on from there to take the W and will now go for six straight wins and a second consecutive series win tonight, or series sweep even tonight in the finale with Detroit. First pitch is set for a 7.05 p.m. Uh, first pitch with Carlos Rodon getting a start against Detroit's Eduardo Rodriguez. As for the Mets, they ended up on the losing side of things in Washington, falling 3-2 to two in the finale last night to split the short two-game set. Jacob Young played the hero for Washington in the bottom of the ninth with his walk-off single as the Mets. We'll see if they can get back in the win column when they open up a weekend series against the Twins in Minnesota. That'll start tomorrow night. Now to tennis's U.S. Open in Queens. World number 1 Carlos Alcaraz advances through the quarterfinals along with Daniil Medvedev. The two will meet in the semis coming up tomorrow while American Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic will meet in the other men's semifinal. As for the women, Coco Gauff meets Carolina Muchova in the semifinals tonight at 7 p.m. Before Gaps, follow American Madison Keys goes against Arena Sabalenka in the remaining semifinal. And, of course, as previously mentioned, football season does get underway tonight with Thursday Night Football featuring the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. The Chiefs are currently four-and-a-half-point favorites there. Locally, the Giants get the Cowboys at home on Sunday night as three-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the Jets kick it off with the Bills on Monday Night Football as two-and-a-half-point dogs. There. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Oh, my God. Nancy Pelosi is on right now with those two assholes, Joe and Mika, and this idiot. Um, what is his name? His father, Bill. Geist. Yeah, Geist. And she's actually saying Joe Biden should embrace his age. And she would say that because she makes Joe Biden look like a teenager. 
Uh, I mean, what a what a just a gross person, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, what else are we gonna do? And then the TV next to it, New York One. I didn't even realize this. I haven't watched HBO in a long time, long time. And I guess Brian Gumble, who is really unlikable, his brother Greg is a great guy. I love Greg. I worked with Greg for a while. He's super a guy. very good guy. But yeah. Brian is a complete jackass. <laughs> and he, uh, I know he holds a pen nicely. But I guess uh, the show, um, what is the name of that show? Real Sports. Real Sports is ending after twenty nine years, which was. A- Good show. It was a great show because you had people like Bernard Goldberg, right. who's an is an oh, excellent he reporter. Is a great show. Right, Bernard Goldberg. Yes, they had a bunch of really good reporters. I mean, Brian sat there with his pen and his paper like he was important. You know, Seem, seems like this story is uh, shouldn't be happening still. What is, what, <laughs> That's what right. Did, what did you? What other facts and things did you uncover from speaking with those coaching? Very good. Coaches? So I had no idea it was still on, but I guess it's uh, over after 29 years. So uh, my next guest is a dear, dear friend of mine for many, many years, quarter of a century, and is even closer with Donald Trump than he is with me. And for some reason now, he's become our go-to gay guy. And any uh, gay stories, we go to Bill White. And there, <laughs> and there happens to be two gay stories today. So, so... My, my my beautiful wife, Danielle, says to me yesterday, she goes, I don't get it. I go, what's the matter? She goes, Tucker Carlson. You love Tucker, don't you? I go, yeah, I love him. In fact, I would say that since Bill O'Reilly left TV, Tucker has been far and away the best, not even a close second. She goes, I agree. She goes, and why would he waste his time speaking to somebody who claimed they had a homosexual relationship with Barack Obama? Doesn't that kind of destroy his credibility? And I have to tell you, Bill, I agreed with her. I mean, if you're Tucker, you can't be doing stuff like that. It may be true, maybe not. Who cares? But that Tucker Carlson shouldn't be doing that. Let, let Mario Lopez do stuff like that. No? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't, I, I can't get over the go-to gay guy. Yeah. Ooh, what have we be, What has it become of us? <laughs> <laughs> that's you. Congratulations. That's your, that's your title. You're my go-to yeah, gay the, guy. The go-to gay guy. Yeah, no, we, we, have, we have some themes going on. You know, we've been talking about the whole LGBT thing. I think, I think if I may, when this first came out, and I hate to admit this, but you remember I was – before 2008, when Hillary was our senator from New York, she was at the time much more normal than she became. Okay, now we can disagree and, uh, and and argue, but I was supporting Hillary before 2008. She was doing a lot with me. I argued with uh, Imus about this with Bernard. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but. She was helping us with our uh, issues with veterans. And when this came out about Larry Sinclair, uh, I actually know an attorney who worked for Hillary who reached out to him. And it was interesting to me just very quickly, Sid, is that in federal court, the Obamas and the campaign and the machine behind Obama took Larry Sinclair to court. This guy had not even a nickel to rub against another nickel. And he prevailed in federal court. They could not shut him up. They could not silence him. They could not put the gag order on him. They couldn't sue him for slander because in federal court, he must have showed the judge the receipts. Interesting. So the story, in my opinion, was true then. I watched the whole thing last night. 
he didn't do embellishing. He wasn't. He hasn't made any money. The guy has no teeth. I don't know if anybody <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. Uh, he's missing a forward bridge. I actually reached out to Tucker, said I'd be happy to pay for some teeth for this guy because I feel bad. And he was been ruined, right? He lives in Mexico. He travels. You know, um, the point is the story is true because the judge could not silence him. So uh, I think it had to do with the phone records and the dates and times that he recollects this incident. Okay. So so Barack Obama got head twice by this guy. Nice. With no with no teeth. And lucky Barack. uh, And apparently (laughs) apparently smoked crack with him. So. Is that um, something that's important for the country to know? Well, I don't know. But I mean, you know, know. The, the smoking crack thing. I mean, unless you, it's like Marion Berry, we saw it. You know, we got caught. I, I, I just look. I don't like Barack Obama at all. In fact, I think he is far and away the most overrated and maybe the worst president of our lifetime. I've got family and friends who are Democrats, and he's God to them. He's God, and we know for a fact that if his wife Michelle ever decided to run against Donald Trump, she can win. So this country still loves the Obamas. He was the worst, most feckless president in the history of the country. But, but, I'm not going to say he was smoking crack because this guy said that. I'm just not going to do that. I I wouldn't do that. Could we we stay with the gay theme for a minute? Well, are you going to go to the uh, soft porn that's involved (laughs) down in Georgia? Because if you are, yes. Well, you have another way to go with this. What's next? Yeah, yeah, yes. So, so sticking with the theme, Lou, uh, uh, about the go-to gay guys. So I had my investigators work. You know, the, I call them the the uh, mugshot maniac. That's the Fulton County Sheriff Pat Labatt, the mugshot maniac. Right? Have to get the mugshot. Must get the mugshot. Little did he knew that the mugshot turned into a twenty-five million dollar fundraising success for Donald Trump, uh, and we have. Uh, what's called mugshot momentum now. So he didn't realize that this was a, was the biggest mistake in history, taking Trump and Giuliani's mugshot. A Lutheran priest also mugshotted. Um, we, we reported in the papers that uh, this week was the fifth death uh, of a Fulton County inmate in Sheriff Labatt's custody. So we start to question, what are this guy's qualifications? How did he become the Fulton County Sheriff? Who is Pat Labatt? And my investigators um, that I have working on, this guy, Farney Willis, Brian Kemp, are coming up with stuff. And and this is in the public domain. There is a soft porn gay sex video that Sheriff Pat Labatt, who's married to a woman, here we go again with the likes of Larry Sinclair, and he's making out with another black man in this uh, video. It's in the public domain. I published it. Uh, and he is co-starring in this movie with another person who was subsequently arrested for child porn. So this is the sheriff of Fulton oh, County in a soft porn gay sex film. And the voters of Fulton County never knew this when he was running for for election to be our chief law enforcement officer. This is who we have in that seat at the moment. Now, Twitter, when I published this, threw me off Twitter. It was like instantaneous. And so I had my attorneys contact the Twitter geniuses 
uh, to say, listen, this video is in the public domain. They thought I was publicizing a private video. I was immediately put back on Twitter. But now no major news outlet is taking this story up that the sheriff of Fulton County was in a gay sex soft porn, which nobody knows about. And, and of course, it's important. Uh, the soft porn and all that is fun, and the gay sex and all that is, is fun and, and certainly good for you. Yeah, no but, but, right. but it's important for people to know that because these are the people, these are the people that uh, have arrested, arraigned Donald Trump, 18 friends. These are the people trying to take Donald Trump down. And the truth is, they're the criminals, they're the convicts, they're the ones who are morally bankrupt, not the guy in Bedminster, New Jersey, this morning, who's trying to help Rudy Giuliani later on tonight. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Sid. You you nailed it uh, appropriately. And we witnessed what's going on in what I call the Fulton County Clown Show down here. Even the judge yesterday, this is front-page news, uh, even the judge questioned the district attorney's rush what is the rush what is the hurry to try all of these defendants 19 of them at the same time it's never been done it's an almost impossibility and the judge even pushed back saying why are you in such a hurry to do this and said i i ask you what do you think the hurry is why is she trying to rush this election interference and i have to tell you that even more blatant bill white even more blatant than these four ridiculous indictments. And if you want to tell me number two has some teeth, I don't want to hear it. More blatant than these four ridiculous indictments was just two days ago when people like Adam Schiff were on television trying to invoke the 14th Amendment, Article 3, and claiming that Donald Trump was the leader of an insurrection when we know he wasn't even charged with that because the truth is it was not that. So everything they do, every single day, they come up with new ways to try to make sure that Donald Trump can't run. That thing two days ago, that was so pathetic and obvious. Even Democrats should be screaming this morning. They really should. That's right. Yep, shifty shift. Yeah, keep your eye on him. This guy is uh, truly one of the worst of the worst. That won't stick. I I know you had uh, these legal scholars on uh, Dershowitz, who's fantastic. You have uh, Judge Napolitano coming on. I hope they'll talk about this because it really is a non-starter. They will do anything other than simply allowing people to go to the voting booth and vote. Uh, this, uh, This is election interference in Fulton County. And I think what we're trying to do here, Sid, you know, uh, this isn't New York, you know, where in the South having a sheriff who's supposed to be qualified, right? You you and I love Bernie Carrick, uh, the likes of Ray Kelly, the great law enforcement officials who ran con- uh, uh, corrections departments, ran police departments. They were cops. They were detectives. They were transit cops themselves. They have a breadth of experience. This guy, who's the chief law enforcement officer of Fulton County, uh, these voters here, if they knew he was in a soft porn and he didn't have any qualifications to become sheriff, mm. he would have never been elected. Agreed. That's the point yeah. of, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm saying, not in defense of, of uh, Dr. Carlson, but I think people really want to know the candidate much better than they actually well, that's know they, the that, candidate before they vote for That's it. they want to know. I mean, Tucker did days and days with Tony Bobolinsky. He had all this breaking news. He had the divine wrote about it in the New York Post about Hunter Biden's bad dealings. 
people didn't watch because they don't want to know. You have to make sure people want to know. Then, then something like that does become valuable. The question is, how do we get those people to want to know? And most importantly, in the final 30 seconds, with all the things you said about this guy in the saw porn, was he any good in the movie? Like, what do you think? <laughs> No, it was pretty. I actually feel bad. It was pretty. It was pretty lame. Uh, I'll really? show you the video. I'm sure you won't watch it, but uh, yeah, he, he he didn't do very well. Not very well. So more like Paris Hilton, and less like Kim Kardashian, or uh, I should say, the queen of those videos, Pamela Anderson. Right? More like uh, Paris Hilton. But yeah, you would I know. Like Pamela, I like <laughs> Pamela Anderson. Before I went to the dark side, she was one of my favorites. So you were heterosexual at one point, right? And then you changed. Is that what happened in your in your life, or? We oh own. yeah, no, no. I was I was uh, very much down the road to getting married, actually, and I didn't want to be one of those guys uh, who uh, who I know many of them, by the way, which yeah. is a terrible, terrible thing. Where you end up getting married, you have children, yeah, and then you're doing this stuff like uh, Barack Obama apparently was doing <laughs> on the side, uh, and you end up on Tucker Carlson one day, right. right? Well, on the way out, how old were you, Bill, when you realized you were gay? How old were you? Um, well, I was in my teens, uh, and I was actually uh, with men and women at that uh, point. I had a I had a very strange um, experience with yeah. uh, someone related to the church, uh, and I had another experience with a babysitter. So these were not good experiences <laughs> at 13 years old, but yeah. but uh, the the point was it was around that age. Okay. Oh, hey, Sid, I got an idea for you. What's that? So when this. When this uh, Fulton County things, as we wrap it up, yeah. I want to have you and the whole crew down. We'll do a show in Atlanta, in Fulton County, a live show, and have Trump on when he has to come back to this dump of a clown show. And we'll put people on who love Donald Trump in Georgia, who support him and want him to be president again. That's a great idea. I would do it in a heartbeat. I would have to stay at the W, of course, on Peachtree and eat in Buckhead, <laughs> not Atlanta. I've got some. I got some demands. <laughs> you know, uh, on the way we out now. I got to tell you, the more you talk about this, I'm kind of offended. You never hit on me, not once. What is well, it? Well, listen, I'm too I, Jewish. I I'm too Jewish respect. for you. I'm too Jewish for you. That's what it is. <laughs> Sid, I love you, uh, and I can tell you one thing: what you're doing to expose. These things and speak truth to power is amazing. I loved your interview with President Trump. Thank you. You call it like it is, and uh, we we all respect you and appreciate you for for doing that because we need more people like you in the media. Well, look who's talking. You're great too, brilliant, and uh, just a great friend and a loyal guy. Thank you again. Every time you come on, it's better than the last time. So thank you, Bill White. We'll do it again very very soon, buddy. Have a great day. Love you, Sid. God bless. I love Have you a great too. Weekend. Love to Danielle and the team. You got it. That's Bill White. That's one of the coolest people ever. Trust me. Even Lou was shaking his head. Yes, the great Bill White, folks. That's only one hour in. We got three big hours to come. Big big hours. Curtis Sliwa coming up next. Bill O'Reilly, Phil Sims, a whole bunch of big-time folks. Hour number two of Sid and Friends in the morning with Tom Petty. is coming back. The paper said it always played from the heart. He got a Yeah.
jacket had chains that would jingle. They both met movie stars, partied and mingled. Their A&R man said, I don't hear a single. The future was wide open. Into the great wide open. Under the skies of blue. Out in the great wide open. A This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Birthday. This is the great Gloria Gaynor. I know most of you know the song, I Will Survive. This is never going to say goodbye, which I think Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 did first. I don't know. But at any rate, this is a uh, a good one. Gloria Gaynor never can say goodbye at 7.15 on your Thursday morning. Well, you know who he is, folks. Gets huge ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon. Also huge ratings, doing overnights all weekend long. And Arguably, at least according to him, does his best work right here on my show, 710, every weekday morning. He's an icon. He's a legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, and really a hero during this migrant crisis for every New Yorker, including me, Curtis Leo. Before we get to Adams yesterday, you were listening to my conversation with Bill White, and I made the point that Danielle was disappointed in Tucker Carlson that he would get involved in that stupid gay Barack Obama story, even if it is true, which I doubt it, I doubt it. 
Why would he do that? And it turns out you agree with Danielle, don't you? Oh, Sid, look at that guy. That three-eyed cousin fornicated with no teeth. <laughs> He's probably still hitting the pipe. What the <laughs> hell was that? And Danielle was right. You want to win elections? You got to get women. Women are turned off by that crap. They are, right? You don't understand. Because most of you out there don't mix with moderate Democrats like I do. That's why we've had thousands of people come out to these rallies. Moderate Democrats. Barack Obama is a beloved figure. You may not like it, but he is. And I just said that right to Bill White. I said I thought he was a feckless leader, a horrible president, the most overrated ever. He did less for black people than white racists Let me tell you presidents, something. but people right, love him. Right, right. The Jews, oh, look what he did with Iran. Who did they vote for? Barack Obama. I know. Overwhelmingly. I know. And him and John Kerry put that deal together for a country that spends days and nights trying to figure out how to destroy Look, Israel. You know how stupid this was? As stupid as Trump when he said, I want to see the birth certificate. Oh. I want to. Yeah. Oh, oh, he, he grew up in Indonesia. He grew up in Kenya. How ridiculous. Do you understand? The Republicans are trying to convince everyone they're not racist. You attack a beloved figure like Barack Obama. I don't like him. You don't like him. But you go into households of white, moderate Democrats like my own parents. Up on the wall, they had Barack Obama. I know. I know. And the reason why he didn't have to do it was because Barack was timed out. So he wasn't going to face Barack you Obama know, in 2016 why you, why regardless. You, why would you poke the bear? Why would you want this guy out on the campaign trail? Why would you want him out there with Michelle making this personal Tucker Carlson, are you crazy? <laughs> this is right out of the National Enquirer. I know. And you the know, truth this is, is, this is just like, oh, Ted Cruz's father <laughs> yeah. helped Lee Harvey Oswald assassinate JFK. Come on, stop this Who said nonsense. that? Who was that again? Was that Trump? I don't remember. Yes, in the yeah. Indiana primary. I right. didn't say right, listen, it. It was I, the I, National I, I, Enquirer. I, I, I did not bring up Tucker Carlson and this story so you could attack my friend Donald Trump twice. No, no, twice. no. It's not the point is. <laughs> and I know you're this, right. You're right. Women, and by, and by the way, Barack Obama really wanted to have a homosexual relationship with a black man. He can get Denzel Washington. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> you know? A three-eyed cousin fornicated with no teeth <laughs> right from a trailer park hitting the meth pipe. Please. So I got to play this uh, cut for you. That's, uh, Danielle loves it when you agree with her. Trust me. I got to play this cut for you because when I hear this cut, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'll admit that. But I just can't figure it out. Maybe you could explain it to me. This is uh, the man that you're going to run again, against, uh, against again, I should say, yes. for the second time when yes. you run for mayor. That's pretty official at this point. This is Mayor Eric Adams yesterday talking about the illegal crisis we've got in New York City. Lou, play this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10 thousand migrants a month now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into new york city so congratulations to eric adams because he's right it is going to destroy new york city it already has that's where he's wrong he did mention the border but what was the major, major problem that you had with him making that statement? Oh, back in August a year ago. Remember, he showed up with his $5,000 customized suit. No cotton, all silk. Oh, we welcome the illegal aliens in. We're a sanctuary city. Abbott, you're a racist. Send them all because we're going to take care of them. PlayStation, 72-inch plasma uh, TV. Oh, we're going to put them up in hotel rooms. We're going to give them three squares, culturally appropriate. iPhones, smartphones, health care. Come one, come all. 
and you think these people are stupid, they have iPhones to begin with. They're looking at these videos in which all of a sudden Mayor Adams is Papa Chulo saying, who's your daddy? Come to New York City. And then he's calling himself the Biden of Brooklyn over and now he's like Robert E. Lee at Appomattox giving up the sword to Curtis Lewa. I'm General Grant. That's right. Move out of the freaking way. You are the captain of the Titanic. You have crashed into an iceberg. And notice a lot of your staff are jumping into the rowboats and they're leaving the women and children behind and they're calling me and telling me what you at City Hall are doing to try to destroy this city by dropping these illegal aliens on stable neighborhoods. You know, for all the hell you give my friends, and this is not an opportunity to do it again, but I am very, very friendly and love both Frank and Anthony Caron. You can be as critical as you want, but you'll be the first to admit, at least when Frank Caron was Mayor Adams' chief of staff and he ran the boat, Mayor Adams is doing a much better job. I don't know who's got that title now, Camilla Ingrid. I don't know. But you would admit that since Frank Caron left, it's gotten a heck of a lot worse for Adams. Yes or no? You know it's the sister who was sent by God, Ingrid. Oh, she's the one who tells him God inspired you to become mayor. You're right. As much as I hate Frank Caron and he's corrupt, he kept at least the ship focused. Now this, this man is falling apart in front of us. He is basically saying, uh, there's nothing I can do. You're on your own. He said this now. But but, but somebody asked me this weekend, uh, Curtis, and I want you to answer this because you're, you're the man. And they said, well, hold on, Sid. I keep hearing you yell about Eric Adams. And, and maybe he didn't know. Maybe, you know, when they first came, he was doing his job and he was, you know, he was welcoming. Yes, but maybe he just didn't know it was going to get this bad. Yeah, yeah, maybe because he was right next to Cardinal Dolan and Catholic Charities, that racket. You should have a RICO conspiracy charge on them, taking federal tax dollars, and they're down at the border, right? And they're saying, you want to go to New York, right? You want to go to New York? That's right. Get on the buses. We'll take care of you. Are you Catholic? Are you Catholic? Are you Catholic? Absolutely. Come on board. What a ripoff racket. And now, did you notice in DACO? The company he signed up to a no-bid contract, $432 million. They never did this work before. You say contract with Eric Adams, I say kickback. You say contract, I say kickback. Now even Brad Lander, who is an extreme socialist, has said this group is a rip-off company. I, I, I will not agree to this contract. I will not agree to you giving money. And you know what, Eric Even Adams, Brad Lander? Even Brad the Lander. The controller, that horrible person? Right. But he, he himself has wanted, where are the invoices? Where are the receipts? Where's the paper, Eric? And you know what Eric Adams said? I don't care what you said. We're charging forward. All my cronies got to get their kickbacks. This guy, I'm telling you, thinks he's going to the White House. At the rate he's going, he's going to the big house in chain and chains and shackles <laughs> yeah. for he corruption. Also, he also made an argument yesterday. This takes me back to a couple of days ago when, once again, you, Curtis Sliwa, uh, did an amazing job at your latest rally on Staten Island. Turns out the guy that, uh, that is, uh, built my house back, Rich Cliff, he's a yes. terrific guy. He was there. He, he was there, which his parents live right across the street from St. Johnsville Academy. He went there, him and his sister. He called me yesterday thanking you and, and tobacco and all the guys on Staten Island. But you know, one of the things that you railed against that night was the use of drones. Yes. And Eric Adams went out of his way. Uh, Lewis, get ready with this. This is also the mayor. You can comment on this too, Curtis. Eric went out of his way yesterday to defend the use of drones. This is Eric Adams, cut number 11. We use a tethered drone 
on Randall's Island to survey the size of the crowd. It would have been impossible to get a full scope on the crowd if we did not have the technology to do so. And you know what's interesting? It costs $1,700 to fill up a, a, a helicopter that is used often in situations like this. It costs 17 cents to fly a drone. That's just good use of New York tax dollars. And all those naysayers, uh, they need to come and see how well we're using, utilizing technology to make our city safe. You, Curtis Lewer, and me, we are two of those naysayers. Exactly. Imagine he's using drones against grandmothers and mothers who have surrounded St. John Filler Academy, exercising their First Amendment right of free speech. He is using it against his political enemies. He sent those drones in, two drones at our rally. The rallies have been peaceful. There have been no arrests. There have been no violations of anybody's rights. How dare he? You don't let any politicians use drones, Democrats or Republicans, because they will violate the rights of the people. They will spy on neighbors. They will spy on their political enemies. And he is full of bull. How does he compare what was happening to Staten Island to ecstasy, uh, LSD uh, kids uh, who live off blind trust on Randall's Island who were like in a mosh pit, slamming into one another, crashing over barricades, stampeding over cops, to grandmothers and mothers on Staten Island who were protecting their kids? Well, let me tell you something. You, Eric Adams, are not protecting children. You're letting 19,000 illegal alien kids go into school today. No vaccines whatsoever. And yet, our children, if they didn't have any vaccine, were kept on the outside. And all our hero civil servants, the cops, firefighters, sanitation men, and healthcare workers, if they wouldn't take the shot, they were heroes during the lockdown and pandemic. You won't hire them. You won't give them back pay. You won't even recognize them, but an illegal alien who's MS-13 with tattoos, you say no vaccines to you. Oh, who's your Papa Chulo? Who's your daddy? You fake, phony, fraudulent Fugazi. You will be a one-term mayor, and I will guarantee that every day of every week of every month of every year to the election. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Who are these grown men who wear uh, football jerseys? I mean, it's embarrassing. You know, my dad's been cooking out there in the parking lot for about 15 years at Giant Stadium. Comes out there with the jersey ready to go, the big giant sweatsuit, oh cooking eggs in the morning. He's a mental patient. Absolutely. Yeah. My father, though, he's been doing that for a long time. He's a mental patient. All my family likes to do stuff like that. I mean, that's what you do on Sunday. You get up early and you get some bagels and you put the you put the jersey on. You get out to the parking lot. You party all day with the fans. You win the ball game. You go more drinking and steaks in the parking lot to go home. That's a day of football. That's the way it's supposed to be. I used to go with a bunch of cops out to uh, out to the Shea Stadium back in the whenever it was to see the Jets, and that's all we do. We get drunk in a parking lot. And uh, screaming and hollering at everybody, starting fights. And uh, when, when, uh, about halfway through the game, I'd pass out. And uh, it was a nightmare. It sounds like a great time. I wish I was there for those days. You know, uh, MSNBC is just 
flashed on my screen, it looks like there is a, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Great Neil Young, Let's Roll, this song inspired by those brave souls who helped take down United Flight 93 in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. That audio, folks, that is authentic audio from that day, the most tragic day in the history of this country. That was me with Don Imus and Charles McCord, the actual Tuesday morning, September 11th, 2001. And I play it today, and I'll play it again tomorrow just to promote what we're going to do here on this station coming up on Monday, commemorating 22 years. Every Wednesday on this show, I do talk to Frank Siller, who is the CEO. And he started Tunnel to Towers, which I've got my own charity that Danielle and I started, my son's disability, Gabriel Dyspraxia, which I'm really proud about. And uh, we're going to do another Radiothon this year. You guys help out tremendously, and it's, it's great work my wife does, but... Tunnel to Towers is widely considered the best charity in the world. And Frank Siller's brother, Stephen Siller, who you can see on the Brooklyn Wall of Remembrance, created by my friend Sal Maglo, right outside where the Brooklyn Cyclones play in Coney Island, he's one of the many faces of the cops, firemen, and first responders who died that day from Brooklyn. They're all from Brooklyn. His brother, Stephen, ran through the Battery Tunnel, with about 70 pounds of equipment on his back and ran into a burning building, knowing full well those buildings were coming down. So you understand that when people out there, a lot of black people, white people too, talk about the cops the way they do, I want to kill all of them. All of them, I really do. They're liars. It's not based on any real statistical information. It's a bunch of emotion. That's all it is. And they quickly forget, they quickly forget that the people, African-American people too, who are being carried out of those buildings and survived are being carried out of those buildings by cops. And I was there that day. And, of course, weeks, months, and years after. And I can't say enough good things about the cops. I love them. I love the cops. Are there bad ones? Sure. Very, very, very small number. Overwhelming minority of cops do bad stuff. They ran into buildings that were burning, and they knew were coming down to save lives. And some of you people out there have the nerve, the nerve to talk the way you do about them every day. I don't. Just like Rudy Giuliani. Andrew will join me in about 20 minutes, but I don't care what he does for Trump. He did nothing illegal, nothing. 
Shove it up your ass, MSNBC. Did nothing illegal. You don't like Trump, you defended Trump, that's one thing. But if you were here like I was and watched Rudy every day, go above and beyond. You think Eric Adams will go to every one of these funerals? You're out of your mind. Not a chance. Not a chance. If you don't love Rudy Giuliani until the day that man passes away, you're a scumbag. You're not a New Yorker. You're not a New Yorker. Michael Rappaport, blow me. I'm serious. You should be ashamed of yourself. Sending me mug shots. You should be ashamed of yourself. So in four days, they're all going to be here. Rudy, Bernie Carrick, Governor Pataki, Norman Seabrook, all the folks that were knee-deep in bodies that day are going to join me on this program. And we're going to relive the worst day in the history of this country. And like Peter King has done very often lately, remind everybody these two words. Never forget. Ladies and gentlemen, never forget. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. There, every time you go away, 747 on your Thursday morning, I see Christy Noem. That's a good-looking woman right there. She on Fox News right now with Brian Kilmeade talking about she's going to be with Donald Trump coming up tomorrow in a big GOP rally in Rapid City. And I think she may have the inside edge on that VP role. I don't know. I keep asking about Nancy Mace and Tulsi Gabbard and... My friend out in uh, Arizona, Carrie Lake, but I don't know. But they're together tomorrow, Trump and Noam in Rapid City. And he could do a heck of a lot worse. Heck of a lot worse. That's some older Jewish couple yesterday yelling at me on the ferry going home that uh, Nikki Haley is the one who you have to vote for. You stop it. When she gets to 7%, I'll take her seriously. I like her. Smart lady. But she's a backstabber. She stabbed Trump right in the back. And uh, she called out Republicans for the deficit issue the night of the debate. And she's got no chance. Get to 5, 6, 7%. Then we can have an intelligent conversation. Well, he can't win and she can. Okay, whatever. Anyway, we put this time aside every Thursday morning for the brilliant Judge Napolitano. The judge, Fox News, Imus, radio shows, now has a very, very successful podcast. Has like 20 million listeners a week. Back on his uh, Thursday morning, Judge Napolitano, how are you? 
Oh, I'm great, Sid. Good morning. I wish I had been on the ferry when that old Jewish couple was yelling at you. Well, you know, <laughs> the guys, everybody says the same thing. I don't know what happens. We love Trump, but he can't win. I wish they would stop doing that. The guy in the last two elections has collected over 130 million votes. He's up a whopping 46% in this primary, but he can't win. Well, how stupid can you sound? If he can't win, how is Nikki Haley going to win? She can't even get the 5%. You know, none, none of them has any significant numbers. I was looking at the latest polls uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, this, this keeps sinking, and the others keep hovering, including Nikki Haley, whom I know and like, uh, keep hovering in the single digits. So I don't know where they're going. Oh, and every please. time you see Trump versus Biden, it's either a toss-up or Trump is ahead. Right. Huh. And we know that all these indictments and, and the rest of these things, whether these people want to admit it or not, has made the possibility of Trump winning a real possibility because I know, of course, he has me. He had Bernard. He may have you. And I know he has to get the housewives and the independents. But those folks are paying attention to this really this incredible mess created by the Democrats, all of Trump's legal issues. And clearly it's going to help Donald Trump. And that may that may be what he needs to actually win this election, all these indictments. The Joe Biden is not capable of defending his presidency. Trump is right when he says the guy can't put two sentences together. I actually feel sorry for him. Remember, I've known Joe Biden for uh, almost as long as I've known Donald Trump. We were on the faculty of Delaware Law School together a long time ago. It was a different Joe Biden. That guy was a moderate Catholic Practicing Catholic Democrat. This guy is a hard left loon who can't put two sentences together. He cannot defend his foreign policy. He cannot defend his domestic policy. He cannot defend his economic policy. And I think Democrats are beginning to recognize that because I'm hearing grumblings below the radar screen. You don't hear it on the media and you don't even see it in social media, but I hear it in conversations. Talk about a come to Jesus meeting, just as when Barry Goldwater and Howard Baker visited Richard Nixon in August of 74, saying, Mr. President, you have to resign. And he did. Some leading Democrats are going to have to go to Joe and say, Joe, bow out and save your legacy. Otherwise, you're going to destroy the party and you're going to destroy the nation. And we're going to lose everything in 2024 from the Democrat perspective. Yet I still hear these Democrat media folks, Joy Behar's of the world. I mean, Joy Behar is such a moron. She actually found a way to blame Donald Trump. You can't make this up for the issue they had at that concert in the desert this weekend with the mudslides and the rain. I swear. How the hell did she blame oh, Trump for because, the weather? Yeah, because he's not. He's not. He doesn't believe in climate control. I don't know. These people are crazy. So, for example, a big story today is that it looks like uh, Weiss, Weiss, and the Feds are going to come down maybe pretty hard on Hunter Biden in this gun charge, which he thought he was going to escape from uh, when uh, he had that initial plea deal, which, of course, they decided not to take. So this uh, Hunter Biden gun charge thing, how ugly can that get for the president's son? I don't think it's going to get very ugly because I think the judge in the case is going to declare the gun statute, the charge under which or the, the law under which he was charged unconstitutional. And I'll tell you why. The Supreme Court has ruled that the state gun laws today must mirror the gun laws as they were generally understood and interpreted in 1791 when the Second Amendment was adopted. 
1791, there was no such law that if you mislead the government about your status as a drug user, you can't carry a gun. In 1791, the founding fathers were smoking hemp. Now, I'm supporting <laughs> smoking hemp. I'm yeah. supporting whatever Hunter did. I'm not supporting Hunter Biden. I'm saying that I think the statute is going to be found unconstitutional. Why do I think that? The judge herself at the plea deal that fell apart said, I'm not even sure this yeah. statute is constitutional. Yeah. So so, this, yeah. Hunter Biden think it's going to go on and on and on. It's a gift that keeps on giving for the Republicans. The real danger is if there is a trial and information comes out about the father under right. oath, well, that, that's, that's the real problem. Well, that's what we want. We don't care about Hunter, even Democrats. And I'm in recovery, so I am very I'm, – I'm sensitive towards other folks in recovery. But he is such a degenerate, this Hunter Biden. I can't even sympathize with the kid. He's a real lowlife. But we don't care about him. We want the father. So this has gone on for five years. They've done nothing. If it doesn't get back to Joe, it means nothing. I do want to ask you, though, going back to Trump, about this uh, Adam Schiff. He was on a couple of days ago somewhere. I forget where it was. And he was yelling and screaming that – Let's uh, let's get to the 14th Amendment. Let's invoke it in that third article there, which talks about how uh, the president and the insurrections and, you know, this could uh, disqualify him from running for president because he clearly was out there asking for an insurrection. Even though he wasn't charged with that, he was clearly doing that, and therefore that qualifies. Uh, so he should be disqualified from running for president. Uh, it's ridiculous. I know it is, but you're the judge. You tell me. It's a sideshow. Uh, and look, Trump hasn't even been charged with stirring up an insurrection. If Trump were convicted of everything he's charged of, if in Georgia, if Trump were convicted of everything he's charged with for January 6th, he still would be qualified to run for president of the United States because the, the 14th Amendment prohibits people who participated in or gave aid and comfort to an insurrection against the country from running for federal office. It was written to keep former Confederate soldiers out of the new government, the right. pro- out of the government post yeah, It was actually, War. I don't know if you heard it, but Alan Dershowitz was on my show and John Katzmatini's show, and he said they uh, wrote that amendment uh, during the Civil War, and he said Donald Trump is old, but I guarantee he played no old. part in the Civil War. <laughs> 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 right. Right. I agree. I agree fully with Professor, Dershow- uh, Professor Dershowitz. Here's the problem. This theory originated in, of all places, conservative, Republican, legal, and judicial circles by people who are not necessarily anti-Trump. They're just academics who took a view of the history of the 14th Amendment. They wrote a 125-page law review article, which demonstrates time and time again, local bureaucrats kept people off the ballot. But in those days, they kept them off the ballot because... They had worn a Confederate uniform. They had fired weapons against uh, against the uh, uh, federal government. You can't have an unelected bureaucrat simply deciding who gets to go on the ballot or not. If the Republican Party nominates Trump in Wisconsin next summer, he is entitled to be on the ballot of every state in the union, period. What about the uh, rush by Georgia to get this to court and, in fact, uh, on top of that, wanting to uh, prosecute all 19, all 19 people at once. What should that tell most Americans? 
a rush to uh, a rush to judgment. I mean, there's a million pages of documents in that case alone. No uh, legal team could possibly effectively review a million pages of documents uh, in a month and a half. If he tries that case at one time, he's going to have to try it in a high school gymnasium. <laughs> You're talking 40 or 45 lawyers alone just on the defense side. You're talking 10 lawyers on the prosecution side. You're talking 19 uh, defendants, you're talking 150 witnesses to say nothing of the press and the public that wants to observe this. It's a it's a practical impossibility. And I think the judge was a young guy who's only been on the bench for six months. I sympathize with him. I went on the bench when I was this age. I don't think I was prepared to try the former president of the United States at that time. But that's where, where history has put this fellow. Uh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He expressed some exasperation. Uh, yesterday in oral argument when he said, I just don't see how we can do this in a month and a half. On the other hand, he doesn't want to do it more than once. He is not going to bifurcate the trial. He's not going to try two in October and two in January and five in March and the former president in June because you can't parade 150 people on a witness stand more than once. So he's going to try it all at one time. Prediction next spring but before before the republican national convention all right before the big uh, orange and of course they're going to announce their winner coming up in the same exact place where we saw that first debate just a couple of weeks ago milwaukee wisconsin in the final 60 seconds judge apolitano i always bring up your column every week on this show because it's always great and it's relevant so let's do that in the final 60 seconds give the folks what they're going to see when they read your column this week the title of the column is, Is the CIA in Your Underwear? No, I am oh not crazy. <laughs> you can't make this up. Last week, while Congress was on, still on summer break, the Director of National Intelligence announced to Congress in a, in a, in a writing that she had spent $22 million hiring outside companies to develop fibers to put in underwear that will allow the government to track where you go and what you say and what you're doing. So be careful what you buy at Macy's in a year or so because your underwear may have threads in it that will allow the CIA to follow you. The government's appetite for surveillance is rapacious and its respect for the dignity of American people is non-existent. Wow. And you've written, if I'm correct, you've written a bunch of articles. They're different, obviously, different uh, circumstances, but the same theme quite a bit the last couple of months. I have because it just keeps happening over and over again, and the Congress doesn't do anything about it, and the American public just says, oh, ho-hum, this is worse than anything George Orwell imagined Mm. or wrote about in 1984. The CIA is already in your kitchen, Judge. Are you crazy? No. But they can latch onto the computer chip in your dishwasher and the computer chip in your microwave oven. And if you're having a conversation in front of the oven or the dishwasher, they can hear that conversation. Did they get a search warrant? No. The CIA doesn't deal with search warrants. They just buy. Unbelievable. As always, Judge, an amazing segment. Really amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you, thank you, you thank you. You got it, my man. I love you, Sid. I love you, too. I love you, too. Judge Andrew Napolitano, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. That wraps up the first two hours, the first half of this Thursday edition. And what a half it was.
right? Bill White, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Napolitano. Still a lot of really good stuff to come, including Andrew Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, Bill O'Reilly. And you ready for this? On day one of the NFL season with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs set to host the Lions later on tonight. Super Bowl winning quarterback and now NFL Today star Bill Sims coming up at 9-10. Folks, keep it right here. The second half of your favorite talk show in New York City, Sitting Friends in the Morning, about to come your way. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry. You say you're gonna leave. You know it's a lie, cause that'll be the day when I die. Well, the great buddy Holly. Buddy Holly would have been 87 years old today. Happy birthday to the late, great Buddy Holly, born in 1936. Would have been 87, but of course, a lot of you young kids only know the story because of Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> when he played Richie Valens, of course, La Bamba, in the movie that uh, talked about, of course, that plane crash which killed the big bopper, Richie Valens, my man here, Buddy Holly. Who else died? Uh the pilot. The pilot. And I think there was two others. One other guy was in the one of the, I think, Buddy Holly's band. Right. But the, the three big names were, were Holly. Those three. Right. And then and the rumor was, was uh, I miss his friend Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that plane. The, yes. That story goes back and forth. Like he lost a coin toss. I swear to God. Do you believe the story? Was... I believe the story because they used it in the movie. Yeah. I think it was over Iowa, the plane It was, down. yes, yes. Do you remember in that movie, do you remember who played Buddy Holly? Buddy Holly was, oh, damn, it was, again, it was Lou Diamond Phillips played Valance. I think this is the guy because I think I've seen two movies about the Buddy Who Holly. is it? Which one? Marshall Crenshaw. Really? I think Mar- Someday, Marshall. Someday, some way? Yeah, he played him because he has the look. He does he, have the look. Yes. Yes. That's a great song, too, someday, someway. So I get a text yesterday from Andrew Giuliani, who does a great show on this station every Sunday, and his father, of course, I love to death. So Andrew is usually on on Fridays on this show. But tonight, well, we'll be celebrating John Katzenbatidis and Cousin Brucey, which I'm very excited about. Andrew and his father are having their own dinner in Bedminster with President Donald Trump. Trump going to raise some money to help out Rudy with his defense. So I get a text from Andrew. It's really nice of Andrew to do this. And he says, listen, all these news outlets, CNN, MSNBC, all the networks, they're reaching out to me because they want me to give them a quote, if you will, or some some talk about my father's event tomorrow night. And he actually sent me, Andrew, he's not lying, he sent me a screenshot of his reaction to all these networks. And what he said was, his response, what he said was, if you want to know how I feel about it, make sure you listen to Sid and Friends in the Morning. On Talk Radio 77 WABC, because that's where I'm making my statement. And then I saw these people from these networks respond by going, okay, I'll tune in. I probably gave away too much just now. Probably shouldn't have said all this. But I just wanted to show you how loyal, how loyal and how great Andrew Giuliani is and how much I appreciate it. So I apologize for outing 
and some of these people may be upset. I don't know their names, Andrew, but you did that, and uh, it meant a lot to us here on the program. So thank you so much. Is he there? CNN is probably going to yes. Sid, Sid, can you hear me? Yes. Now you, uh, you sound great, yeah, Dad. Sorry about that. I'm driving out to Bedminster right now. But now that you've re- revealed that, CNN is probably going to now write a bad story about Rudy Giuliani. Can you believe that <laughs> CNN would do that? Oh my goodness! I can't believe that. That's shocking. Wow. Well, MSNBC too. They've always been so friendly and nice to uh, Trump and anybody associated with him. And very fair. Yeah, they're, very they're fair. They keep, they, they keep bringing on this guy. And uh, your father tells me that this guy they keep bringing on used to like your father, and I guess your dad used to like him a little bit. And now he's right. written this ridiculous book, The Fall of Rudy Giuliani, and he's on all the time on CNN and MSNBC talking about you. You know who this guy is, this putz? I think I know who you're talking about. I'm not even going to name him to give him even the time and, and, and the effort. The only thing that I'll say about all this and kind of what people want to write about Rudy Giuliani, I, I think what people really want is, They want Rudy to be held up, or I should say what the left really wants, is they want Rudy to be held up, to be looking, and to be kind of uh, very despondent over the last last years of his life. Let's hope it's another 10, 15, 20 years and all that, right, for you and I. But you and I see this. You see it almost every day, Sid. I see it every day. I mean, he he has more conviction. He's more resolute than ever. And, And I think that's one of the things that, when so many Americans come up to me and they, they pat me on the back and say, hang in there, we love what your father's doing, we need patriots like that, uh, I want to let them know that that's exactly what he is. He's resolute. He comes out every single day with more conviction, I feel like, than ever. Uh, and this fundraiser today that President Trump is hosting, and by the way, so many of the gifts that other people have given, contributions they've given to the Giuliani Defense Fund, uh, have helped him be able to have the resources necessary to put a team together to fight against what many of us see as political prosecutions. And, you know, Andrew, they, they're trying to drive a wedge between Giuliani and Trump, too. Yes, they write horrible things about your father and make him out to be a villain, if you will. And, and all he's ever done in his life is, A, he's the greatest mayor in the history of this city. And if you want to be remembered about that, just tune into my show in five days, the 22-year commemoration of 9-11, and B, he, he's a great lawyer, and he does what he has to do for his client. Nothing illegal about that. That's that's what he's done with his whole life. But they're trying to drive a wedge between him and Trump, too, because I've heard countless people say, oh, Trump doesn't care. Write him a check. What do you mean a fundraiser? Just write him a check. And in the meantime, according to you, the money is being raised. Trump is doing this tonight. I think your dad is very appreciative of that. I know you are. So they're not going to be able to drive that wedge between Trump and your father, are they? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, look, they ended up having lunch just on Monday. Uh, so th- there is no wedge there between them. And, and what I would say is uh, there may be a wedge between some of, and not all of, because a lot of Trump staff has been very good, very loyal. But I think there are a few members of people that have worked in Trump's inner orbit or maybe outer orbit that uh, that don't like the fact that my father is always honest with President Trump. We, we know how this works in power circles, and, and you could see this, that a lot of times uh, in order to uh, keep kind of the access in those power circles, you need people that are going to, yes, those that are powerful to death, right? You could see this around John Katsimatidis, who's built the real estate empire, a media empire, who's doing amazing things. There are the people that will kind of say yes to John, so that way you can appease him. And then there are people like the Sid Rosenbergs, like the Chad Lopez's, that will tell John the truth, that actually help 
advance the WABC causes. It's the same thing around President Trump. So I, I think what Dad will do in his, um, how shall we say, not so diplomatic way, <laughs> is he will tell President Trump whenever he somebody sees somebody that's yesing him to death that maybe he's not giving him the right information that President Trump needs to make full-on decisions. Uh, and guess what? Some of those people don't like Rudy Giuliani for doing that. And I think that's probably where that wedges. So you'll see a lot of leaking out to media because of that. But that's just the inner workings of politics, whether it exists at a, a radio station, the number one radio station in the country, or around the former president and maybe future president of the United States. Andrew Giuliani does a great job here. Two o'clock every Sunday uh, afternoon tonight, the big fundraiser, Bedminster, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani. And we're not going to talk dollar figures because really it's nobody's business, Andrew. Uh, I know them because I'm close with you, but uh, at least now, a couple of hours before this event, in terms of attendance, money raised so far, and expectations, do you really believe, and be honest, in your heart of hearts, that tonight will pretty much, if not all, be enough for your father to get through this? Well, it won't be enough to get through this, but what I will say is going into this event, I was hoping to to reach the half million dollar mark. That was kind of my goal going into it was two fifty to a half a million. And, and uh, as I told you, I'm happy to say this. I'm not going to reveal the names of donors as some have wanted me to do because that's that's privilege. I want to keep that uh, between you know myself, my father, the president, and, and them. Um, but what I could tell you is we've, ra- we've raised over a million dollars wow. for this event alone. Uh, President Trump has committed to an event in Mar-a-Lago later in the fall or early this winter. We want to do that before the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary. So that will be very helpful. And the nice thing is, you know, we've had other people that have reached out that can't go, that are donating as well, that, that are contributing, that look at basically what my father is doing and say, hey, you know what, we need to make sure we're supporting the guy who was there for us at one of America's lowest hours. We want to make sure that we're supporting the Rudy Giuliani who went out five different times right after the Access Hollywood came, tape came out in 2016, who was there for Donald Trump when he did that, who went out and showed that the Robert Mueller investigation was political, was based on a political opposition dossier, who was the first one who had the guts to actually show that the laptop that Hunter, that we all know, that we're now seeing from the House investigation and all that stuff, the first person to go out there and show that Hunter's laptop was not Russian disinformation, as they tried to actually say that Rudy Giuliani was actually putting out there, but truly the real thing that actually is proving the, Bi- the Biden cram- crime family is truly corrupt. 100%. Well done, Andrew Giuliani. Once again, his father, Donald Trump, two of my favorite people, if actually three, Rudy, Andrew Giuliani, and Donald Trump, three of my favorite people in the world getting together tonight, one cause to help out Rudy. So folks know about Rudy's uh, money issues, we know that, very, very public. But in terms of this case in Georgia, where, again, your father was indicted, ridiculous, <laughs> the RICO Act, <laughs> trying to make your father out to be Sammy Govano in a crime family where Donald Trump is John Gotti, I mean, it's laughable. How's he dealing with that in terms of, uh, not legally, but how's his head, his mindset, dealing with that nonsense? His mind is great, and that's kind of one of the amazing things. that You know, when, when I first talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I was, at, I was in Lithuania at the time, as a matter of fact. When the indictment came down, I'm with my in-laws. I see it. I, I got it, uh, 20 text messages, and that's how I found out about it. So I call him up. Of course, he's busy, as you and I know. Sometimes we can't get a hold of him. I call him <laughs> back. He calls me back about 30 minutes later or so, and, and I said, how are you feeling? And I could immediately hear in his voice, 
he was almost chipper because he had a challenge. And to me, I, I hang up the phone and I'm like, this guy's half crazy. Like, he loves the chaos. He's like Trump in that, in that yeah. regard. Yeah. And, and that really is true. They're wired a little bit differently than most of us. They love the chaos. They love the challenge. Uh, and he's looking at this just like he would look at any legal case that he would represent his client or any case that he had to bring uh, to the court while he was U.S. attorney. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes him different. The, the great thing about this is it gives him the resources to make sure he's not just fighting this alone, but he actually is able to put a team together of really strong lawyers that can actually fight against this. Because one of the things you have to see here, Sid, and, so much, and you know this so well, and I think a lot of your audience really knows this as well, is that let's say the Georgia defamation case that's coming out, there's actually a white shoe New York law firm that's funding that. They don't normally do that with regards to defamation cases, but the reason they're doing that is because they want to go and try to bankrupt and ruin Rudy Giuliani. And it's less even because they want to ruin Rudy Giuliani. They want to send a message to anybody else that will go out and that will try to seek the truth with regards to these political prosecutions, with regards even to elections, questions that have been asked that Alan Dershowitz has talked about and said, hey, look, if they actually looked at the same things that we did in 2004, let's say, or in 2020, then we would have been prosecuted for this stuff. That's it's right. absolutely crazy yeah. what they're yeah. going. No, of course. Al Gore did the same thing. So did Stacey Abrams, fat, stupid Stacey Abrams. So did Hillary Clinton. I know people listening that are going to hear that and go, oh, my God, that guy says crazy. Good. Write that. Uh, listen, on the way out, <laughs> for folks that are listening and want to help your father, is there a website? Uh, they can't make it to Bedminster tonight. How do they help out Rudy Giuliani? Yeah, so this is uh, this is Rudy. So what we're doing is Giuliani Defense Fund. We don't have a win red open for that and all that because we're just really focused on this. But there is a website, Rudy Giuliani Freedom Fund, RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com, and you can donate a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever, whatever ultimately you can do, and and that ultimately goes right to him and paying off the lawyers and making sure uh, that Rudy has the assets ne- assets necessary. And Sid, I want to thank you for being such a good friend to me, such a good friend to my father. I have to tell you, in this time, you see the people that are friends and those that just provide lip service, and Sid Rosenberg is a true friend. Oh, thank you. I do love both you guys, and I wish you guys uh, a lot of luck tonight. And I know our mutual friend, who you're going to see in a couple of minutes there, President Donald Trump, is going to do well by Rudy. He's lucky to have you as a son, Andrew. I mean that. You're a great kid. So congratulations. Good luck tonight. Thank you for calling in this morning. Give my love to your father and Trump, and we'll talk again very, very soon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Sid. Most importantly, Chiefs or Lions tonight? Who you got? I got Listen, it's down to four because of the Kelsey injury. you got to love Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, tell your father to take the money he gets tonight, put it on the Chiefs. <laughs> I'll see you later, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. What a great job. I love that kid. Andrew Giuliani. Check him out 2 p.m. every Sunday here on WABC. And the best of luck tonight to Rudy Giuliani and, of course, President Trump. John Katsimatidis, Bill O'Reilly, and Phil Sims. That's our next three guests. We'll come back with the man, the great one, John Katsimatidis, right after this.
77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. All right, we've had a great show today, man, from Bill White to Curtis Sliwa to Judge Napolitano to Andrew Giuliani. A lot more still to come. Bill O'Reilly, Phil Sims, Cousin Brucey, all coming up. But I'm joined now by my guy. I love him. He knows I love him. Love his whole family, of course. But he has uh, done miracle work here at WABC. He really has. He's got a terrific show, 5 to 6, every weekday afternoon. It's called Cats and Cosby. And he's got the best weekend show anywhere in the country, 8 a.m. Sunday mornings, the Cats Round Table. And I'm proud to say he's not just the owner of this station and my boss, but a dear, dear friend, John Katz-Matidis. And tonight, we're going to honor John, as well as Cousin Brucie, at our annual big event. We're also celebrating 102 years of WABC. So let me start with this, John. Congratulations. We're honoring all our Virgo friends. Virgos? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. I don't celebrate my birthday. You know what I celebrate? I celebrate my friends around me. So every Virgo, every year, we blow the candles out together. That's fun. And, uh, and that's what it's about, having friends. And I appreciate my friends. I love my friends. And and uh, God bless America. Well, and uh, you are, when you say that, you're sincere. In fact, I had dinner a couple of nights ago with a bunch of people who are your friends, from Paul Colucci to Mark Simone. They all love you. And Simone said he's been going to these parties for the better part of 25 years. It's his birthday, birthday, too. It is? Yes. He's a Virgo. Oh, that's right. You're right. So he'll yeah. blow out a candle tonight. So he'll blow. He'll be out there blowing a candle. But you, but you, uh, but you are, you're a very friendly person. You know, I know that people sometimes may get a little aggravated because you do have friends on both sides and you, and you don't hide that. You go, listen, I'm a common sense guy. I have donated in my lifetime to Republicans and Democrats. I talk to everybody. When you say that, you really do do that. I really do do that, and I, I believe in common-sense Democrats. I believe in common-sense Republicans. You know the biggest fear in life is dumb politicians. <laughs> when when the politicians are just dumb yeah. and just do dumb things. We've got a lot of those lately. <laughs> and and let me tell you something. The biggest challenge we have, Sid, and uh, you got to talk to Curtis about it and everybody, in eight weeks – we have 51 city council seats up, 51 out of 51. If the and only 17 percent of the people voted last uh, last election. No excuse for if, that. If if everybody is is crazed about what's going on with the migrant crisis, and I believe in immigration, I I want immigration, but you need checks and balances. You need an Ellis Island operation. And I said to the mayor. So let's change the name of Rikers Island to Ellis Island. Change, change it to Ellis Island. Put all of them there. Great idea. And vet them. A great Give idea. Give the kids a vaccine before yeah. they sit next to our kids in school. I mean, right. You see, you're lucky, and so am I, because AJ. Common sense. Your AJ is out of school, so is your John. Yep. And uh, my daughter Ava is, but my son Gabriel goes to school today. Yeah, and, but there might be kids next sitting right. next to him that had tuberculosis. How was that okay? And look, uh, yeah. Immigration, yes, I am pro-immigration. But let's do what they did in Ellis Island. 
checks and balances. Of course. Let's make sure they're not drug dealers. Let's make, make sure they're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, terrorists. Terrorists. And look, sure. I was on Fox Business before. We we're talking about oil prices. Three, you ready sitting down? I see you sitting I'm down. I'm sitting down. Three oil refineries in the south, in Texas, Louisiana, went, have major fires in the last three weeks. Does it, and nobody, none of the major, uh, stations are, is carrying that. Wow. I just broke it on, uh, Fox. Well, the way you just and, talked and, about it. And you know it, what you, that means? You know the no, price of oil it? is going? High. High. And you know what the inflation is going? Higher. Well, explain and this to me. Because prices higher. The, the way you said it on this show, and you brought it up on Fox Business, and I know you're not a conspiracy theorist. No. But three buyers, three oil plants. It smells. So, and if somebody did do it, who would it be? Uh, who would it be? There are people coming through the borders uncontrolled, uncontrolled. Nobody knows. And uh, uh, there's been reports that uh, uh, mostly Chinese, I hear, soldiers or, or soldier types. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. And where are those people going? They're not coming to uh, get a job in New York. No. And uh, so I'm telling Mayor Adams, put them all on Rikers Island. Why should the people of the city of New York suffer? Okay? What is he the ones paying, what we're, is... We're, we're the ones paying uh, the the taxes. Agreed. I... Put them on Rikers Island. Vet them. What does he you know, say? When, when you say that to him, what does he say? You know, he knows I'm telling him the truth. He knows I'm telling him the truth. But he can't do Same it? Same way. I don't know. I mean, in uh, uh, that new uh, rule he just put out as a settlement to that case, where uh, if somebody from Black Lives Matter is rioting, oh, come on. you can't arrest them. Give me a break. I mean, this is this is it's things are getting out of control. Look, you like Eric Adams. I like Eric Adams. I th- I think I told him that he's capable of doing a lot better things in life. But first. You kind of straighten out our city. Yeah, I, I mean, I do like him personally. I got to know him well because of you, and I still like him. But I'm going to tell you right off the bat, he's doing a terrible job right now as mayor. Right, terrible now, job. Right now, things are out of control. Out of in control. The city. Right. And uh, uh, let me tell you something. When when people start getting whacked over the head and held up on Madison Avenue, whacked over the head and held up on Park Avenue, okay, give me a break, guys. Well, you know what I went the other night. Where I had dinner with all these folks, can't you? It's Carlucci. I went to the place that you and Margot took me and Danielle to twice. On 84th Street. Elios. Elios. It's yes. Good, good, good food. Mark Simone doesn't like it, but it's good food. It's, it's great food. But I have to tell you, we parked our car on 82nd Street. We walked two blocks, John Katzmatiz. Yes. I saw at least three crazy people. That's the Upper East Side. Come on, John. The Upper East Side. You got to take a Rocky Calavito bat with you, you know, I mean, if somebody right. goes after you, you break his head. I you mean, what to. else are you going to do? Oh, you're the best. But so, you'll go to jail. Not, <laughs> you'll right. get out. Uh, uh, me, they would keep in jail. Yes, Who else gets out sure. in 10 minutes? For sure. So, so you mentioned the oil. Yes. And you mentioned, uh, and that means inflation goes up. The other business you're involved in is well, real way, estate. President Biden is going to Alaska. I know. And he's going to shut down more oil leases. I know. I mean, give me a break. I mean, then all you do, it's a vicious circle. He shuts down the oil, and what happens? The price of oil goes up, inflation goes up, 
And then the Fed says, well, I have no choice. I'm going to raise interest rates. Well, tell me about and that. And the Fed is destroying our country. Agreed. So you're involved in real estate. You've got a brand new I building in Florida. I am triple the triple. interest I was paying last year in some of my buildings. Triple the interest. So what does that mean? I mean, no matter how much rent you charge, we're still behind the curve. And I know, for example, the buildings, I'm going to just won't smoke up your way, but the buildings in Coney Island, right, Ocean Drive, they're beautiful, beautiful, modern amenities, perfect. You're not charging a lot of money there, John. You breathe in that ocean air. I know. <laughs> and I'll certify you're going to live 10 years longer. I agree. That's why I moved to the beach. But in all seriousness, you're not charging a lot of money. And they're raising interest rates. I know you even had thoughts of building three more. But right now, can you do something like no, that? No, you can't. You can't. You can't. With the interest rates being at 7%, 8% interest, you can't build and, and make a profit. And uh, it's just silly. And the other thing is, before you start building, guess what? We have to certify that New York City is safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a big discussion at 5 o'clock yesterday. You know what the discussion was? We had Congressman King. We had Curtis. The discussion was, you ask any politician in New York, Oh, crime is down. Arrests are down. That is a lot of crap. Arrests, you know why arrests are down? Police officers are not making the arrests. Correct. They are not, they are scared for their own, uh, welfare. Correct. In other words, if somebody takes a picture of them making an arrest, why should they take a chance? So they're not arresting anybody. That's why arrests are down. So that's a lot of crap too. 100% true. I'm glad you said that. It's not a perception. It's a reality. You're great. We love you. Congratulations on your big party tonight. We're very excited. Well, I'll see you there. And guess what? It's the greatest party. We're honoring Cousin Brucie, and we're honoring all my Virgo friends. And guess what? It's the hottest ticket in town. By the way, nobody else can get in. Nobody. I mean, if you offer $10,000, I won't give you a ticket. No, I know. No, he's not kidding. I mean, the place, we are jam-packed. We can't. It's the hottest ticket in town on the hottest day of the year with the best man New York has. We can never lose you. I know that New York is, 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 is really forcing people like you, John, who make a lot of money, pay a lot of taxes to leave. We can never lose you. You can't leave. Well, God bless and I'll see you later. See you later. John Katzmatidis, everybody, does a great job. Five to six every weekday afternoon. Katz and Cosby. Katz Round Cable, 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. Happy birthday, John Katzmatidis. I love you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That's good stuff. Chrissy Hines, the pretenders. She happens to be 72 years old today. So happy birthday, Chrissy. Who wants to be uh, wish happy birthdays to so far today? Lewis? Uh, it was Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor, that's right. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. And uh, now Chrissy. We love Chrissy. We'll play that it. new Rolling Stones song coming up next hour, too. We've got Bill Sims and Cousin Brucey next hour. Today's the day. Keep moving, Oh, Keith Moon died today, too? Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. 32. He's only 32. I know. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. 
In fact, uh, Jagger was talking a lot about um, Charlie Watts with uh, Jimmy Fallon the other night. Anyway, he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Folks, this is the highest rated segment of any segment, any day, any week here on WABC because Bill O'Reilly is the best of all time. That's the bottom line. I say it with 1,000% confidence. He's the best of all time. His website, BillOReilly.com, great interviews, great stories, great TV show. His killing series, Killing the Witches, continues to kill it. Here he is. My dear friend, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, good Thursday morning, buddy. How are you? Well, you're busy this morning, that's for sure. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. You know, listen, uh, I'm sure you heard Andrew Giuliani before Katz Matidi's 45 minutes ago, and he's on his way to Bedminster now for this big event tonight where Trump is hoping to raise as much money as possible for Rudy Giuliani. These are just some of the side stories, Bill, uh, above and beyond Trump, Biden, and the rest of these guys. Yeah, I mean, the federal government can bankrupt any citizen. Um, by putting uh, them in a position of indictment because they know that it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend. And that's an awesome amount of power for the federal government to have. State government, too. State government can do the same thing, uh, can break you. And so people should keep that in mind, even if you don't agree uh, with the person being indicted, if you feel that the indictment is uh, politically driven, then you know that uh, a person and the family can be destroyed. So uh, the justice system is corrupt top to bottom. And uh, I was listening to Politano uh, earlier. I disagree with him. And, you know, I, the, the gun charge against uh, Hunter Biden is not going to be thrown out because uh, it's a public safety issue. Uh, and the Supreme Court is not going to um, intervene in that. You can't lie on a gun application about your status um you just can't but the real thing and i hope you play this song again fanny by the bgs i love that song. i play it all the time yeah yeah i mean fanny willis this is a fiasco this is embarrassing for every american she wants to as napolitano pointed out try 19 people at the same time That means the jury would have had to keep track of all of the allegations and defense of 19 people in one courtroom. Okay, it that is injustice. None of this is justice in Georgia and in New York with Bragg. It's not justice. This is a political show trial. And you know who the champions of this? Uh, the show trials, Joseph Stalin. <laughs> this is Stalin-esque, <laughs> what they're doing here. They're trying to find some kind of thing. And finally, um, this guy, Lawrence Tribe at Harvard, this law professor, Trump hater from the jump, is now pushing this. Trump is not going to be allowed to run for president because of the 14th Amendment. You've heard this, right? I've actually uh, played Adam Schiff. He's a guy that's been really screaming it on television, Article 3 of the 14th Amendment, because he caused a insurrection. But the funny part is, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, he wasn't charged with insurrection. Of course. But Adam Schiff should be charged with perjury. And why is that? Because he testified under oath that he had uh, information about Russian collusion, and he didn't have it. He did okay. do that. He did do that, and he did that, Bill O'Reilly, more than once. So I, I don't know if it's a, a strict definition of perjury, but certainly he, and he was sanctioned 
by the ethics committee, you remember. So I don't know if we're going to actually take any analysis from Adam Schiff. But tribe is another, that's another thing. So here's the absurdity of this. Tribe says that it doesn't matter whether you're convicted or even charged of insurrection. That doesn't matter at all. Okay? It's if you did it. All right, Professor, who then decides if you did it? I think you are committing insurrection by misusing the Constitution and trying to confuse the electorate. I think you're doing it. Okay? So under tribe, anybody could be accused of insurrection. Anybody. I'd I'd like to accuse the ladies of the view of insurrection. I don't think they like their country at all. Okay, so I agree. let's round them up. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. I accused of insurrection every hour on the hour because I'm critical of both parties and a lot of things that go on in this country. Now, I don't want to bore people with history, even though, you know, I know history. The reason this was put in was after the Civil War. Some um, politicians wanted to run for office who were Confederate officers. All right, the head of the Ku Klux Klan in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it was put in. Yeah, as you can't, if you were trying to blow up Abraham Lincoln, we're not going to let you run for the Senate. Okay, that's what it was, and everybody knew who was in, who were the officers of the Confederacy. So this is just, you know, and most Americans, unfortunately, they don't engage. They're listening to rap music. They're vaping. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, you know. And okay, but when they hear this, they say, oh, yeah, Trump's not going to be able to run in Colorado. Some people said he was an insurrectionist. He can't run again. It's just nonsense. It is nonsense. And and I'll tell you, I had Trump on about three months ago, and it was funny. He was on on a Thursday morning, to be exact, May 11th at 8, 10 a.m., and you came up about 30 minutes after, so you heard the conversation, right. you talked about it. I had him on again, but it was uh, Friday. It was a day after you were on. You were on, of course, last Thursday. And I got to tell you, he was on for 22 minutes. His office told me you got 15 minutes with the president, 15 minutes. Couldn't get him off the phone. 22 minutes, and it sounded to me like he was having a grand old time. And talking about Napolitano, for example, he's a guy that says, let me tell you, two is a serious one, the indictment, four is a serious one, and there could be some real repercussions here. It doesn't sound to me, Bill, and maybe he's a good actor, but it doesn't sound to me like my friend President Trump is bothered even a little. Well, he's not going to show it, but he's bothered. I mean, any human being would be. Uh, he's lucky enough to have an organization that can pay his legal bills, which are about $40 million right now. Four zero million. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this political action committee yeah. Yeah. can pay that. By the way, by the way, that, that, that's the same amount that Daniel Jones is going to make this year to play quarterback for the Giants. <laughs> right, and, and you know, I don't know whether you know this or not, but Jones is an insurrectionist. <laughs> so I don't know if he's going to be allowed to play. Okay, somebody said he did something down here in Duke, yeah, and that wasn't good, so he can't play. Anyway, Trump's a human being. This is what people forget because it's not, you know. He kind of comes off as this super uh, villain or hero, depending on your point of view, that he's not a real person, but he is a real person. And any real person uh, would get worn down by all of this. Uh, Now, he can't show that. 
All right, he's like Hulk Hogan. That even if you kick Hulk in the groin, it, it, I don't care. <laughs> okay, no, it hurts, Hulk. Okay, um, and so you know sometimes when you see him, there's a lot of uh, bravado there. Uh, but any human being, um, I have gone back, and I think that Donald Trump is the most persecuted politician in the history of the United States. What if I told you this? The persecuted person, because Al Capone, John Dillinger, John Gotti, yeah, but El Chapo. Yeah, but they didn't get nearly as much, they didn't indict it as no, much no, as no, Donald no, Trump. They didn't get indicted as much. Step back for a minute. Yeah. And, and, and look at all the politicians that we've had since George Washington. Right. Has there any been one person more persecuted in a variety of ways than Donald Trump? No. Now, the haters are going to say, well, he deserves it. He brought it on himself. And he did bring some of it on himself. Let's be honest about it. Uh, that Mar-a-Lago thing, that was, that's ridiculous. Um, but when you get to the extreme where we are now – um, it starts to help Trump because Americans don't like somebody on the ground being kicked by 50 people. That's not what we are here. Even if we don't, even if the victim is not somebody that we like, we don't want 50 no. people kicking them when they're on the ground. That's right. Um, so it'll work for him. I mean, I think his position uh, now is a lot stronger than it was before. All of this insanity started to happen. Well, I'm glad you said that. Let me stop you because, and my point about those other bad guys I mentioned were they have not been indicted as much as Trump, any one of those guys, from El Chapo to John Gotti. Uh, but I'm glad you said what you just said because I met a beautiful elderly couple on the ferry going home last night, Bill. And uh, it was a very nice conversation until it wasn't, which is I love Trump, and the husband made the point, well, he can't win. So what do you mean he can't win? Over 130 million votes the last two elections. What do you mean? He can't win. He can't win. Nikki Haley, now she can win. I said, wait a second. Can she get 5% in the primary before I take Nikki Haley seriously as a real, real, uh, um, uh, I guess, presidential person? Anyway, point being, he can win, can't he, Bill? He could win. It depends on uh, the, the Biden status. So the two concurrent uh, narratives are, the Republicans are going to make it impossible for Biden to run. All right, and you're going to see in the next two months, and we'll be talking about it on WABC. When you say impossible, you're talking about the House GOP, which is getting closer and closer. No, no, yeah, yeah, the bribery stuff. Yes. All right, so there's going to be a drip, 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 bribery, bribery, bribery. I don't know what they have, but you believe me, for the next eight weeks, all you're going to hear about is Joe bribery. Make it impossible for him to uh, defend himself and to run. And the Democrat strategy is we want Trump to win the primary because we believe that no matter who we put up against him, he will lose to. And that's what the couple on the ferry were saying. Okay. But nobody knows that because we don't know who would be his opponent if Biden bows out. He'll beat Kamala. I can't imagine that Trump couldn't beat her. And, and you know, what's his name out in California uh, has run that state into the ground. Gavin Newsom. Uh, the only right. the only person that can beat Donald Trump today is Michelle Obama. Yeah. And by the way, she would beat Nikki Haley, too. Let's stop. Well, you got to be fair to Nikki Haley, even though, you know, I know her, and she's a bit imperious, in my opinion, imperious word of the day. You know, kind of thinks that she's a little bit special. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but it comes off a little, you know, all right. 
but Nikki Haley is not well known, and none of them are. And and they have the the battle in America now is to get your name recognition out there, so people know who you are. Right. That and it's very difficult to do that. Extreme because people are with the phone every second. They're diverted. They got their own uh, hobbies. They're you know watching all the NFL games. Gee, I got to see that Seattle versus Denver game. You know, I don't have to see that game. I'm sorry. I'd rather take a walk. Um, but there are people we're segmented and and we are uh, prisoners of our own self-interest. And it's very hard for public people, even celebrities now, actors to get well known. You're right about that. It is becoming increasingly more difficult, but then you can't win. You, you just can't win. I'm sorry. But like you said, you know, there's there's not a ton of people watching 13 million people, for example, watched that uh, debate, which was awful. And Nikki did a fine job. She was as good as anybody yeah, she else. Was all right. Yeah, she was all right. But but nobody watched it. I mean, who who was following what Nikki Haley is saying on a daily basis? Not no the one. But nobody. if Nikki Haley ran against Kamala Harris, Nikki Haley would win. Yeah, I believe that's true, yes. Okay, yes. so it's just dependent on you know, who's the lining up against whom and how it, it shakes down in the next few months. Well, then you tell me this. this. You tell me this. On Thursday, September 7th, Bill, because you're not afraid to prognosticate, you are brilliant in when you say, oh, I don't know. How the hell should I know? But you're, you're willing to at least put it on the line. So here, well before, 14 months before the actual day, September 7th, 2023, Bill O'Reilly, who's it going to be? Who versus who? I can't. Who? I, can't. I mean, and Trump is going to get the Republican nomination I, I'm pretty certain about that, but again, there might be something else that comes out. Uh, I, like you know. what? He's already been I, indicted you know, four times. You just say like what? You know they're cooking it. You know they're cooking but, it. But clearly, it's not working four no, times. It isn't. But um, you know, I would say at this point, it's a Trump going to get the GOP nomination, right. and I don't think Biden's going to go. And that just throws it, the whole Democratic Party into chaos. And, you know, it's it's almost like picking the Super Everybody, oh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And then these people say, oh, Kansas City is going to win it. Hey, Kansas City get their whole line wiped out tomorrow or tonight they play. All right? So you make a prediction. Well, Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes he, he could be in a cast. I mean, Bill, think about this. The Chiefs started the week as a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Lions. Travis Kelsey got hurt two days ago. The line is down to four. So their starting tight end is out tonight. The line goes down two and a half points. You lose that quarterback, see you next year. Yeah, I'm so making predictions about this stuff when there's a lot of uncertainty and things that could happen are crazy. But I will make one prediction right now, that the O'Reilly Rosenberg yes. show at the Paramount Theater in Huntington yes. on October 20, <laughs> let me get this right, 24th. No, no, no. Oh, you're right, 27. Come on. If you show up the 24th, you're going to have to wait there three nights, okay? There's Rosemary running around, walking around Huntington going, where's the show? When am I on? It's the 27th. Right. I'm very, that show will be hilarious. That show will be as entertaining as any show you've seen. I'm making that prediction right now. And if you see Rosenberg show up on the 24th, <laughs> get him a slice of pizza. There He's you go. Three days to work on. I'm off. going to take your prediction and take it a step further. I'm going to go from the Bill O'Reilly prediction. You ready for this? With the yeah. Jets playing the Bills Monday night to the Joe Namath guarantee 
It'll be the best event you've ever gone to, guaranteed. Oh, listen, I mean, it, I have a, on the board already what I'm going to do, and uh, I'm sure you know pretty much what you're going to yeah, do, yeah. and it, it's called the New York State of Mind and, and how, you know, it was when we were coming up and uh, being raised, you in Brooklyn, me in Levittown, um, and now it is now. And what the deuce happened, you know? It's like Casamitidis' favorite question. What the heck happened? <laughs> what is you going on? Casamitidis, what, what happened? What the heck happened? I love when he does that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and I'll tell you what happened. I mean, we'll tell you the audience what happened. But we'll do it in a very entertaining way. This is not a screed about politics. This is about how people are raised here in the most intense part of the United States and how that's a good thing. And a bad thing. That's true. Boy, that so that's, is, uh, that's yes. what we're going to do, and yep. I can make that prediction that this is going to be a, a very funny, entertaining evening. Paramount Theater, Huntington, Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com, all of that. We want to see you there. Am I going to see you tonight in the city? Uh, I'm going to show up. Good. I'm a Virgo, too. Oh, good. Um, I'm going to show up, but I, uh, I'm i not a kind of guy that – parades no, around I know. like I it's know. my birthday. No, I know, Bill. I know you. I know. I'll have a little hat on, those little pointy hats. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, I'm not a big birthday guy, mainly because I'm 88 years old, you know? No, Cousin Brucey not. and I are the same age. Get out of here. You, uh, you're young, you're vibrant, you're zestful, you're beautiful, you're brilliant. I love you. I look forward to seeing you tonight. And October 27th is going to be a blast. And as always, Bill O'Reilly, Tremendous job. Thank you so much. All right. Play that Fanny song. I love that song. Here you go. Bill O'Reilly. This goes out to you. Our Casey case of dedication. The Bee Gees. Fanny. This time then Seems like you don't want the love of this man at all. And it's showing up. Radio 77 WABC. When Sid and Friends in the Morning talk with Donald Trump, people listen. Well, you know, uh, what's happening today is making me look a lot better because people really like me and they love the job I did. And now they're saying he's better than Reagan, he's better than anybody. Hear the full interview anytime at WABCRadio.com. I look at the scene of New York and it looks like Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good situation. Sit in Friends in the Morning, weekdays at 6, 77 WABC. My friend Donald Trump is on this show. That was from last Friday when Donald Trump was on. But, of course... This theme, Monday Night Football. You're looking live at a sold-out Kansas City where the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
led by the best quarterback of our generation, Pat Mahomes, about to take on the upstart Detroit Lions. Chiefs and Lions coming up next right here in somewhere. I don't know what the hell that game is. Where is the uh, game tonight? I'm, I'm going to be at that party for John Cashmatini, so I'm going to miss the damn game. Not what, not what city, you moron. What channel? Oh, uh, I don't know. Kansas City. I don't know. CBS, NBC, Dumbest son of a bitch. God. Pick one. I think it's on um, NBC. I don't know. I would go for. I would go with CBS. Fine. The Giants are going to play Dallas on Sunday night. I'm going to be there. Very excited about that. I'm taking Danielle, Ava, and Gabriel, the whole Rosenberg family. We've got tickets on the field, thanks to Pat Hanlon before the game. And the same stadium the very next night, 9-11, Jets and Bills, Aaron Rodgers' debut. So my next guest is my favorite Local football player ever, he knows that. He was, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback ever and still is for the Giants. I know Eli won two Super Bowls. Phil was better. Let Eli win a Super Bowl with Lionel Manuel, please. But uh, Phil did that and uh, actually had the Giants in two Super Bowls. He got hurt that second one, and Hostetler got all the credit. But Phil had the Giants at 10-1 and one that year. And now he's a superstar carrying Boomer Esiason every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> on CBS, here he is, the great number 11, my friend Phil Sims. Good morning, Phil. <laughs> well, Sid, all I can say is you said a lot of things there that I don't know, but that Boomer Esiason quote, that was right on target. <laughs> that was right on target. I tell you what, in all seriousness, I don't know if it was Sean McManus, I don't know who was it, but whoever decided way back when to take the local Jet quarterback Esiason and put him on with the giant quarterback, Sims, because it's a similar dynamic, Phil, to, uh, like, Blake Shelton and the kid from Maroon 5 on The Voice. They had a nice little back and forth. And you guys are both really smart. You're winners. You know the game. But that dynamic with you and Boomer, that makes your pregame show the best out of any of them. Wow. Compliments. You know, I learned from Bill Parcells. I don't like compliments. Um, (laughs) Of course, he never gave them. So it's a different thing. But, no, we get along great, and, you know, it is a lot of fun. And uh, we make fun of Boomer in a lot of ways. At least I do. Some of the other guys do. They usually agree with me. But uh, it's all in fun. (laughs) Good. And, you know, so we try to – the old what's the old thing. Let's try to entertain a little bit and educate a little bit. So I think we try to do that pretty well. No, you guys do a great job. You do. So uh, tonight we get Chiefs and Lions. Uh, It's a new season You've been doing this, Phil, a long time from your high school days in Kentucky to your college days at Moorhead State to that glorious day in 1979 when George Young made you a New York football giant. You've been doing this football thing for a long time, Phil. Opening day, whether you're playing or not, you still get the jitters? Um, No, I don't get the jitters. I think it's just the excitement. it's It's a good feeling. It's a good thing for TV, and it's a good thing when you're playing football, too. Uh, You know, getting nervous. You know, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, you know me. I like a lot of pet peeves. I talk about it. Oh, you got to high point the ball. What the hell is that? High point the ball. <laughs> this, this. But you know, they, too much time. Too much do I hear on TV, radio. So much pressure on so and so. And you know, I talk to players all the time. Talk to people. All the ex players that we have on CBS. Everything. I mean, did you ever like go? Wow, I really feel the pressure. It's just, I don't know. No, and the answer is no. You know, the great thing about football, it's a reactionary sport. You just play, and you kind of hope it goes your way. And when it's over, you kind of then reassess and go, uh-oh, this is going to be a rough week coming if we right. lost and you right. played bad. 
right. kind of thing. But, well, but you're uh, going to tell me that the Eagles, for example, and I was there right. the day when the, the bone came out of your thumb and all that. That was nasty. But, you know, when, when you're looking across the line of scrimmage calling, you know, the cadence, and you see uh, Reggie White, he wants to kill you, and Jerome Brown, he wants to kill you, and Clyde Hairston, he wants to kill you, and Seth Joyner, he wants to kill you. You're going to tell yeah. me you're not nervous? A little? Well, they all did kill me. So <laughs> they all they just took turns, you know. Here, it's your turn. Beat his ass. You know. Yeah. But, you know, they, that wasn't about playing the game or being a quarterback. That was just about, as I, I you know, I tell this story, and it is truly true. Usually you sit on your you know, your locker 15 minutes before the game, and you kind of go over every little detail of the game plan. But when I played the Eagles, I'd sit at the locker and kind of be, you know, stomping my foot a little and going, hang in there. It's going to be rough. Hang yeah. in there. You did. You did. So you, it really was. Yeah, no, they were tough. There's no question. But Oh, my God. They were tough. They but, you were... Know, but when you talk about nerves, I got to ask you about that one. Before we get to this modern-day football you know, you had that great season. You won 14 games. You lost to Dallas. Ironically, the Giants played Dallas this Sunday. You won almost every other game. You lost one more to Seattle. You had that great run in the playoffs. I was there that freezing cold day when you shut out the Redskins 17 to nothing. You go to Pasadena. You're taking on John Elway, Phil. And you have this unbelievable game. I mean, it's a shame that Doug Williams had a great game the very next year. But you have this unbelievable game, and you beat the Broncos. And it looked like it was business as usual were you not a little nervous? Kickoff, national anthem, Pasadena, Super Bowl. Um, you know, I'm being really honest here. No, I was not. Wow. Um, I just didn't get nervous like that before games. And you know, I, I don't know if he said it this week or not. But Parcells, I, he all he talked about all week. Hey, let's just let it go. Got to be aggressive, you know. And he all. He, he was always, you know, everybody thinks of Bill Parcells as just negative. No, but he had a way of just saying the right thing to put you at ease, to get rid of the nerves, so-called. But we were so prepared for it about playing under, if you want to call it pressure, big games, because, you know, Bill prepared us for it. And, um, no, I was not nervous. I just played. And I think one of his famous sayings, I'm not sure if it came for him or not, we talked about it. Can't be afraid to go down in flames. Mm. And yeah. you play cautious, you lose the game. There's only one way you can win in the NFL. You got to let it go. You got to go to the edge, right where it's almost out of control, and play that way to yep. win games. Yep. Fortunately, we did it that day in Pasadena. You did. I mean, and actually, people forget the first half. I think you were losing ten to nine at the half, and. You knew it was going to go well when even the flea flicker worked. Then he's like, oh, my God, that's it. You guys are good to go. But uh, Oh, no. well, yeah. <laughs> when I completed that pass, I, that's the one thing. When I completed it, I just went, we've won the game. You won. That was it. Well, I tell that you, you, know, but you talk about, my- but, but you talk about one pass, one pass that can make you believe, right, make you believe, Bill Sims, something special is going to happen. And of all the great passes you threw in your, what I think is a Hall of Fame career, I think you're getting screwed, but that's fine. Of all those passes, fourth down, Minnesota Vikings, Bobby Johnson. I'm sorry, Phil, no bigger pass in your career. Well, it's the one that more people remember than anything else. They remember that much more than they do did anything that happened in the Super Bowl. But, you know, I don't know. I guess it, it's been talked about and, probably true it was a turning point in our season because um you know we were really really having trouble throwing the football going into that game with injuries and everything else and that kind of broke us out of that and we took it all the way from there you know the confidence grew and you know got all my receivers back 
And I'll never forget Bobby Johnson, you know, was a great character and a really a terrific receiver. But as we're breaking the huddle, you know, you had to always keep an eye on Bobby. Hey, Bobby, <laughs> be alert. And, you know, he'd give you that look, oh, yeah, okay, I will be. You know, <laughs> and I told him, I said, look, if it's if I don't like anything, you know, this and that, I'm coming to you. So and what I kind of meant, if I have to, I'll throw a jump ball your way <laughs> if I get in trouble. Uh, but Bobby came down with it, and I'll tell you, he was a character of characters, but really, and and terrific, terrific pair of hands. And he didn't drop many passes no. in his career. Yeah. To those guys didn't back then. All those guys, Manuel and him and Bavaro certainly didn't. This is the great Bill oh. Sims. He was so great. NFL today, and new season starts tonight, the Chiefs and the Lions. And one thing, Phil, that you did for years with me, for years, is you would come on after the draft because you do a really good job of evaluating young quarterbacks. And even though we knew Duke, for the most part, as a college basketball school, all those years with Mike Krzyzewski, they got a kid there right now. His name is Riley Leonard. And I watched him kick the crap out of Clemson this Monday night. And then there's a giant quarterback making about $40 million this year named Daniel Jones, who also went to Duke. So all of a sudden, Duke is putting out some pretty good quarterbacks. But Daniel got the big money this year, Bill. The expectations are there. Is this year they beat Dallas, they beat Philadelphia. What do you expect from your former team, the New York football giants? Well, first off, let's talk a few seconds about Duke. Yes, Daniel Jones played there. I liked him coming out of college a lot. Um, the quarterback there now I like. And they got one sitting on the bench from New York. And I'm telling you, he's he's a damn pro, too. Really? So, yes. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. Well, well, hey, Riley Leonard, I'm glad you played well. Played really well, man. Great. Good. Go on the draft. Let's get the next guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, does the next but guy no, – do, he... do you know the next guy, Phil? Do you know him? What's that? <laughs> do you know the next guy up after Riley? Yeah. Well, I do. I don't want to start throwing the name out there. But, yeah, I know him extremely well. <laughs> extremely well. It's not a grandson. Don't say oh, that. God. Right, right. Okay. But he's a local guy. He's probably within a couple of miles, he went to school from where you are. So, with the Cardinal Hayes and the yes. Bronx. Yes. Well, by the way, Bernard McGurk went. My late great friend Bernard McGurk went to uh, your friend went to Cardinal Hayes too. Yes. So oh, did uh, so did uh, Martin Scorsese and a host of other people. Great people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of hey, look, New York's got about how many people in this area? People say things. Well, they got everything covered. Yeah. So that's uh. Quarterbacks, acting, directing, whatever you want to say. We got Giants, it. Yep. Uh, let me just, I'll just say this real quick. They did improve their roster. Uh, they've improved the offensive line. And of course, you know, Daniel Jones, they did it with Mears last year, the coaching staff and him, but the receiving core looks really good. And, you know, I, I probably only have one question about the Giants, the, the biggest one. Can they get a sustained pass rush? You know, you got to be able to rush the passer in the NFL if you think you're going to have great success. And Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, learned a lot last year. Now he's got to put it together. That's just the way it is. When you're the number one pass rusher, you've got to lead that pack. And, uh, you know, he's got a he's tremendous talent. So I, I'll be watching him pretty close here Sunday night. No, I like him, too. I just, you know, and, and this has to bother you more than anybody, is anytime a really good pass rusher, uh, uh, pass rusher with uh, big expectations comes to the Giants, they're very quick to mention 56. I, I would stop doing that. I, I would just, just let's leave uh, Lawrence. I, <laughs> you know, right? Right. You know, Bill Belichick has the best answer to somebody. Hey, is there so and so around you, uh, Lawrence Taylor? And go, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know how he can do it. I can't imitate it, but it's awesome the way he just goes. That's good. No, what you did is good. That's exactly. Right. Oh yeah. Exactly. You know, listen. Just think. Poor Bill Belichick. He had a even a, you know years ago he had tremendous outside linebackers with New England, but he had he only had Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor on the outside. I mean, he some found a way to coach them, uh, but just think of that pair though. Oh my God! Yeah. By the way, and and, and the inside with Harry Carson and Gary Reason's not so bad either. But um, oh yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that was some linebacking core. Well, about the other team here in New York, uh, right after the Giants beat Dallas, I'll be there Sunday. I said beat them. The Jets and the Bills on Monday night, and this is it, Phil Sims, the long-awaited. Debut for Aaron Rodgers. It feels like a hundred years. It feels like a hundred years. He's going to play Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about the Jets? I saw a defender on the Jets this week. I think it was Reed, yeah. Reed who said, we can be every bit as good as the 85 Bears on defense. Your thoughts on the Jets? Well, I played against that 85 Bears defense a couple of times, and <clears throat> I don't know about that. <laughs> by the way, you know, hey, Phil, by the way, on a, on a really tragic, sad note, talking about that, have you seen Steve McMichael lately? Well, I, I know he's in trouble, yeah. Oh, Phil, he weighs about 80 pounds. He was, oh, um, you remember, he, he, him too, he beat sure. the hell out of you too, sure. Well, yeah, you know, he was, you know, he was extremely, it was just a, he was a really, really good football player. Didn't get talked about because of all the stars they had on defense and Jim McMahon and Walter Payton, but um, Steve McMichael, tremendous player. Yep. You know his family, and I I hope it works. They want to get him into the Hall of Fame, uh, so he's just one of those guys. Yeah. So I don't know how they do it. I don't even I don't care. But he's not the guy that you're going to look at his numbers and go, hey. So you know I I don't want to hear about numbers all the time. Just tell me the effect they had on the team and how good of a player and all that stuff. I love that. Those numbers, they do tell the truth sometimes, a lot, but they also lie. And um, so I wish him and his family well. I know they're in a tough situation. Yeah, very tough. So well, getting back to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, is this the year that Joe Beningo can finally exhale? It's been about 54 years. Well, if if, it, if they won, then Joe Beningo, I mean, he'll lose all of his personality. <laughs> Because he won't be able to cry and moan right. about the Jets. That's right. It's true. You know, you say that, but he becomes irrelevant, Joe Beningo. He's irrelevant. Yeah, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Hey, yo, oh, now I'm going to start complaining about the, uh, let's see, what team? The Mets. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> but You're right. you got to right. admit, hey, sis, he's hilarious. Uh, oh, off is just, he's oh, the he's best. Hilarious. Let me tell you, on a Monday morning after a bad Jet loss, a Joe Beningo oh. rant, Phil, is as good as anything you'll ever hear. Ever. Ever. Yeah. He, he, listen, Sid, he spares no one. He'll kill the coach, <laughs> players. He don't care. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, he'll, and then he'll occasionally just rip into the fans and just crush them, too. So. <laughs> God but bless it, him. It, it's, I, I think I saw him last week. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? I was watching him, and oh, just uh, you can't. Hey, just his delivery, his body language. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. No, he cares. He, he, I, you know, he cares. He'll say, Sid, I care more about him than uh, Aaron Rodgers. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers really cares, Phil. I really do. Oh, yeah. Listen, he didn't just sneak into town. He came in town on a whatever. He's, he's just been out and about. You know, did you watch Hard Knocks? I watched all? a couple of episodes, not all of it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's been everywhere. I, I can't Yankees, Mets. Oh yeah, he went Knicks, to the he went Knicks. to the Rangers playoff games, and then he went to see uh, uh what's her name, 
Taylor Swift in New Jersey. Yeah, I went to see Taylor Swift. He went to Broadway, I don't know how many times. Yeah. Uh, what else? I saw him at the tennis center last week, <laughs> uh, enjoying tennis. So, man, he's loving New York, and New York is loving him back. And so, But, look, he's. I went down and watched him practice and everything. Look, his arm is still – it's still special in a league of nothing but a lot of good quarterbacks now. But the Jets, this this, this is a terrific football team they put together. And now the big thing is new coach on offense, all that. Can you get this together quick enough? Because the league, and especially the AFC, you know, it's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it, Sid. There's more good teams this year than I remember ever. Wow. You can name – you literally go 10 and 12 deep and say, hey, yeah, yeah, no, not a great chance, but they could go to the Super Bowl. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many tough schedules with a lot of these teams running the league. Everybody's going to have moments where they're going to get beat up, go in a little tailspin. And, um, you know, everybody does usually during the season somewhere. Then you fight your way through it to see who you really are. So we'll see. But the Jets, the D-line, the pass rush, you can't overrate it. It is terrific. And uh, you're a quarterback playing against them, and Josh Allen had probably heard it all week. Hey, make sure you get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. Yep. And, you know, it's, so it limits what you can do sometimes, hurts you, but uh, you, you're going to have to get rid of the football pretty quick playing against the Jets' defense. And you're right about the quarterbacks, too. I mean, just the AFC East alone with Allen and Rodgers and Mahomes plays tonight, and even guys like Herbert in San Diego, now Los Angeles, he's a great quarterback, all of them. So uh, it's exciting. But uh, it's more exciting for me that I speak to you. As long as I talk to Phil Sims on these big football days, I'm happy. I swear to God. You know I mean that. You know that. So thank you for stopping by this morning. Enjoy the first game of the season. And hopefully this is the beginning of many talks this season between you and I, Phil Sims. I love you. Uh, well, Sid, you're the best. You thank know, you. I love talking to you. All you got to do is call. So don't act like you can't get me. Every time you call me or text me, I answer the bell. You know what? Are you in less than fifteen minutes, which makes me feel really important and really good. So thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it also tells us that I really don't have much to do in life. So I'm always looking at something. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. That's true, but no, I think you're just loyal. I think you're just loyal. Uh, absolutely. So how? Wait, real quick. Are you in shape? And you know, of course, I always got. How tanned are you? I am very tanned, very hard not to be. Ninety-four degrees, and I am in really good shape, Phil. I mean, good shape. Trust oh, me. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, I I look like I could play with the Giants wide receiver, defensive back today, which I won't, of course. No, you could. No, a, you, no, you could. It'll be a pay cut. <laughs> hey, you know, when you get it, you know, guys like when you get in really good shape, like how you're all tanned yeah. and all that, you yeah. just go. You must have a girlfriend. <laughs> You're funny. You are funny. I, I, I didn't hear anything there. Just, nope. Oh, yeah. I'm married oh, yeah. 31 years. What are you? <laughs> uh-huh. Bill, you're the best. Yeah. I love you. Right. I'll talk yeah. to you soon. Take care. The right. great quarterback of the Giants. And, of course, he's too much. NFL Today on CBS, Bill Sims. We'll take a short break. Big party tonight. Big one. John Katz, and cousin Brucey. Bruce Morrow is coming up. Next.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Can't buy me love. Love. Can't buy me love. I'll buy you diamond ring, my friend. Hi, Bill White, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Angelo Napolitano, Andrew Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, Bill O'Reilly, and Bill Sims. And you ask why we're number one by a mile? <laughs> Please. But as Vanessa Williams once sang, we save the best for last. Big party tonight honoring John Katsimatidis. He's awesome. On his birthday and, of course, the legendary career of Cousin Brucey, who's on this station every Saturday. Bruce Morrow, live right now on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Bruce, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Cousin Sid. Good morning to you. Good to, good to have you. You know, it's funny. I was watching um, Springsteen, and I love Bruce. I'm a big Bruce guy. And I'm, I'm sad he's not feeling well these days. He had a canceled concert. But anyway, I was watching his interview with Howard Stern that he did a couple of months ago, and he brought you up. I don't know if you know this or not, but he brought you up. He said, you know, the day I knew I was going to be a big star, he said, was when I heard people like Cousin Brucey start to play my stuff. And I know that, you know, like, like the Beatles and some other stuff that you, people identify you with, the old, uh, older music. But when Bruce Springsteen brings up Cousin Brucey to Howard Stern, that goes to show you how many generations love Cousin Brucey. Well, I'll tell you, there's nothing better feeling for Cousin Brucey than to hear that. I, I I heard about it, you know, through the grapevine, and I know that Howard talks about me quite a bit, which I really yes, he appreciate does. it. He does. But then when the other Bruce talks about that like this, I love it. You know, I'll tell you, I remember the first time I really met him in person because he listened to me quite a bit. I always had that. Uh, we were at a uh, some kind of a, a, a show together, and he came over to my table, and he thanked me. And I was, I was saying to myself, my wow. God, this guy's thanking me. Wow. I mean, thank him for what he's done wow. for the music business. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I, I, I listen to you, Cousin Sid. I have a little bone to pick with you. You, you, you cover all football and baseball and hockey and yep. everything that you love. Yep. What about stickball and punchball? Well, huh? well, listen, you, you'll, you'll be happy to know this, Cousin Brucey, because I think you – did you go to Madison High School? Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Madison. Right. Okay. So I, right. School. So, so so do my mother and my sisters. I grew up at East Twenty Second and Quentin Road, and there's a, a little public school not far from Madison. PS one ninety seven. It's off Kings Highway. And do you know? I cousin, know it very. Yeah, well, I know it well. Well, yeah. do you know that I played stickball at PS one ninety seven for about fifteen years when I was a kid? I love that sport. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, the, with our Spalding. Well, I played. We. I went to PS two hundred six, not too far away. From 197. In fact, 197 was our competitive school. I mean, those days. And so I used to play stickball and punch ball in the uh, yard, in the schoolyard, wow. every single day before I came home for my milk and cookies. Ah, uh, those are the but, days. Those are the days. Yeah, so, so but t- it, need, it needs some mention once in a while. Come on. All sit. right, fair enough. Uh, Cousin Brucey, make sure, guys. And he's right. Make sure that I mention stickball and punchball every now and then to keep my uh, my Brooklyn people happy. Uh, now, on a on a music note, we are tonight honoring you, and deservedly so. I mean, you're you're the name, you're the guy 
Uh, one, uh, what was the first station? We have about three minutes to go. What was the first station you ever worked at? Do you remember the first song you ever played? Where did it all start for the legend Cousin Brucey? Well, I think we'll probably have to say WINS, and maybe that'll shock you. Uh, yeah. I mean, major station, probably WINS. And the first record I play, which is Cousin Sid, a tradition, is Maybelline. Really? I always play Maybelline. I have no idea. Maybelline, Why Can't You Be True by Chuck Berry. And that's that's always been uh, always been my tradition. Anytime I go to another show, if I came on your show to to help you one day, I'd ask you, I want to play Maybelline. So when you started, uh, so 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 oh, three years ago over the summer, the uh, same exact time, John Casamitidi's birthday, we were at the church in uh, in the Hamptons, and John actually brought you on right before you started your first show here at WABC. This time around, did you play Maybelline that night? First song? Probably. Oh, I'm sure I did. But then again. Uh, Margo and John will ask me to play certain things, so I play it. Right. But I bet you I snuck, I snuck in Maybelline somewhere. I love Maybelline. It's really rock and roll, and it's, it's just part of what we do. You know, it's Maybelline. Why can't you be true? I love Motor it. Cool down. I love That's it. That's why I heard the old highway sound. <laughs> yeah. So, and of all the people you've met along the way, this is an impossible question to answer. I know that. I'm going to ask. It's obligatory. It's lame. I get it, but I have to. Of all the stars and that you met along the way, are there a couple that just stand out, cousin? That you, you know, to this day, you still remember that day very vividly. Any of them? Oh, you know, like, well, let's see. I'll tell you, John Lennon immediately. Yeah. Right. And then another guy, his name was, uh, maybe you heard of him, Elvis. Elvis. Uh, when he when he walked into my studio at NBC, you know, and they had him wrapped up in a in a blanket because he could. The guy couldn't even go into an elevator. It was it was the, so he you, came in you, and then. But you got to you, you got to tell me when you when you're in your studio at NBC and Elvis Presley walks in, you're not freaking out, Brucey. You're not you're not freaking out. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's very rare that I'm out of words, right? Like you, you and I. Are pretty good at words. Yeah. You know, another time it happened when Bob Bob Hope walked into oh. my studio with Jackie Gleason. Oh, they get out with her unannounced, oh. and I went. <laughs> you know, it, it, what's and funny? It, what you just said is, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, when I was a, when I was growing up, you know, my dad would always say, "Cousin, that um, ah, you, you know, you think sports are great, you think TV is great, you think music is great, you think movies are great. You know nothing." And he would mention all the stars of his generation. He passed away. Three years ago at the age of 88, and I miss him terribly. But he would always say that. I'd be like, oh, Dad, you sound old. And I have to tell you, Brucey, when you bring up Bob Hope and Jackie Gleason, all these people that were that were heroes of mine as a kid, I find myself doing the same thing. I tell my kids, 19 and 14 years old, you don't know good music. You don't know sports. You don't know good movies because today's stuff is garbage. Do we all do that every generation? Yes. <laughs> it's part of the way. It's part, absolutely. It's part of our DNA. We have no choice. We always had better, right? It's we true. Think. It's true. <laughs> I mean, look at those always. names. Look at those names you just mentioned. Have you met presidents and those types of people along the way as well? Yes, I have. But unfortunately, at this time in my life, till my next book comes out, I don't think I can even discuss. Wow, Mr. Kennedy, and our, and a few things that have happened in my life. I've had a very Strange wildlife, Sid, yeah. like you have. Yeah. Right? Uh, every day is a new adventure, and wow. uh, I, I love it. I, I, I just can't believe like what's happening tonight. That John and Margot and Chad 
and everybody is going to be honoring me. You're going to be there tonight, I hope. I'm going to be there, absolutely. I'll be up there on stage. And, and when they said to me that, uh, hey, what do you think about Cousin Brucey? I said, that's the guy. So it is well-deserved. You really are a legend. And, and by the way, you're a very, very sweet guy on top of that. So I'm very happy for you tonight. I will be there, and I look forward to partying with you tonight, Cousin Brucey. Congratulations, pal. Thank you very much, Sid. Love and love to the audience. You got it. There he is, Cousin Brucey, every Saturday night, one of the old-time greats. Are we doing traffic again? And I don't even know what we're doing. All right, let's play some Maybelline first. Hey, Cousin Brucey, here's some Maybelline for you, buddy. This goes out to you. You just started doing the thing you used to do. As I was motivating over the hill, I saw Maybelline in a coupe de WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Got pass in pocket. Got battle. I am gonna use it. I love this song. Come on, brass in pocket. Chrissy Hines, happy birthday to the pretenders. Gonna make you, make you, make you want me. Come on. That last uh, Cousin Brucey interview was brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTitlers.com. They do build the world's best boilers. The song is about me, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. That's what Phil Sims just said. Is he crazy? Folks, the Big Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run is coming up on Sunday, September the 24th. And all of us here at WABC are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to your original or individual teams. I've got my own team. Just so you know, Sid and Friends in the Morning, you go to wabcradio.com slash walk, click on my picture on the handsome guy, and donate. Please make sure I raise the most money. I'm begging you, folks. I got the most listeners. I got the best ratings. You guys all love me, DMing me all day long. Make sure you raise money for my team. It's an amazing day, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation walk run. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes and the Tunnel to Towers, which is near and dear to my heart. Once again, raise money for our veterans, for our first responders and 9-11 victims. WABCradio.com slash walk. Click on my picture. Do it today. We done. Lou Rapino, Justin Ellick, Macedonia Phil, Noam Layden, Bob Brown, all you guys. If we make it through tonight's party. And nobody dies of fentanyl overdose. We'll be back at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. (laughs) So until then, from all of us to all of you, 